Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 142. <laughs> and I love humans, always seeing patterns in things that aren't there. I'm Keith. I'm seeing a pattern in my computer. It's doing things I don't want it to do again. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? My iPad was giving me headaches earlier. I'm finding patterns in my Technical difficulties continue yeah. to plague us here at Traveling the Vortex. <laughs> what do we call the third one? Technical difficulties strike back. No, we're not going to have him. <laughs> I checked my mic this week. <laughs> it is on. Switches I can, in the down position. I can hear I you. Switches in the down position. I can hear you. You don't sound like you're in the distance. At least it did pick you up. We Our mics uh, picked you up yes. somewhat. So. That way we didn't have to re-record Because <laughs> there's no way we could have captured that twice. <laughs> no. I've got a green jelly bean that Oops. says that we're going to get a power outage tonight from the thunder. Knock on wood. We cut off midstream. We decided to post what we had. <laughs> <laughs> the power just didn't come back on. Well, just like Paul McGann's short stint on television, so was our podcast tonight. Well, the nice thing is we could continue recording in the dark. That's true. We because are we on just, battery we, power. we do have battery power. Anyway, how was your guys' week? Busy. Like, I, I, maybe I should start. You should, you should go for <laughs> maybe I should start because I didn't do much. Um, as I told you guys off mic, Caitlin is on dinosaurs. Well, she just finished dinosaurs in the spa- on a spaceship. And it was very and, fun of her to join yeah, Friday Night Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, and the second thing we did this week is she joined us for Friday Night Who, and she had a blast. It was good. It was funny because they were, the kids were off Thursday and Friday. So Friday morning I said, hey, I said, uh, would you want to join us for Friday Night Who tonight? And she said, well, what is it? Because she, she knows I'd do it, but she wasn't exactly sure. So, well, we fire up an episode or two of, of uh, well, a story of Doctor Who, and we tweet along. Well, she had never used Twitter before. And she was like, well, I don't know. And she was real apprehensive. And I said, well, here's what I'll do. I'll set you up an account. You, at the very least, can watch along and watch you know, what we chat about. And if you feel like chiming in, you can chime in. And once I got her set up on Twitter and she sat down and she started thinking about it even before the show, she already had what her first thing she was going to say was before we even started. So I was like, so she had a blast. She absolutely had a fun. Uh, but I told her, because Mason had a soccer game the next morning, I said, now, if you can't get up in time for to get on the road to go to his soccer game, you won't do this again. She got up and so oh, very she, good. hopefully she'll join us And I see she's week. tweeted since then. Oh, has she? Yeah, I have she I've tweeted been watching. once. I have not been watching. I think it's funny that her description is... Doctor Who fan, David Tennant is my doctor, but her picture is a Matt Oh, she changed that tonight, and I forgot to ask her, because I set up her profile, and I set up that, and was going to ask her if she wanted to change either of those, because I had had a TARDIS for her earlier. And so I was going to ask her if she wanted to change her. Oh, she figured out how to change her picture. Yeah, she told me about that. In fact, she showed me that. Um, And, uh, you know, we didn't do much this weekend. The kids went to a performance that my dad and my sister sang in, and and we stayed home and caught up on, Holly caught up with some Who. I uh, went to Laracas for lunch. Pizza over here. Uh, oh, the new place. Is that really your first one at the new? No, because well, the new location because I, I had yeah. gone to the Yurish location. So, um, but I liked the, I liked the pizza the first time we went, but I really liked the pizza this time. So I don't know. Maybe I was just hungry. I think. Um, and yesterday, <laughs> we just you know we took advantage of the nice weather. We went to the park. We had a picnic. That was it. I didn't have much going on this week. Friday the thirteenth was mm, Friday the thirteenth. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, you want to go next since we did some of the similar stuff? Mostly similar stuff? 
had school, work. You didn't have school, but you did have work. I had work. There was different a, work. There was a lot of both of that. But well, um, we had the same work. That's true. <laughs> I, uh, I would be remiss in my duties without mentioning that we have yet another new follower. Uh, my friend Alexa from school gave birth to her daughter this week. Oh, congratulations to Alexa. And, of course, now I don't have her pulled up. I should have done this. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Thank you, Facebook. Uh, bu- 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 baby Kira. What is Gary's name? It's not Kira. Didn't he just say baby Kira? Kira. I was the you know the full thing. Oh, but I'll get the full name. Out. Oh, okay. Baby Kira was born on Tuesday, so she missed sharing a birthday with um, Katrina. Almost, yeah, almost. Huh? But yeah, she uh, Alexa. I have to give her props. Was a trooper because she'd gotten to that really swollen stage and uh, that she was supposed to deliver Monday. Oh, she, well, she didn't go much past then. No, but it was because she's, she, Alexa's like stream being, she's mm. so tiny, tiny, mm. tiny. And then she got really, really, really pregnant and apparently nothing moved. You know how things are supposed mm-hmm. to move and make room and mm-hmm. uh, apparently baby Kira was kicking her <laughs> fairly, <laughs> fairly repeatedly like, why is this bone in the way? I need to, <laughs> that's where I need to go. And so uh, they said, we're, we're going to induce. And I'd been teasing her all along, going, you're going to have a C-section, and they're going to cut you open, and you're going to deliver a V-baby. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And she just, she just thought that was absolutely hysterical, and then hit me. Um, so <laughs> nine months of that. You, you know, Can you imagine what I'd be like if you were pregnant for nine months? Yeah, I was like that. Um, but then she went. She was a trooper. She went, actually came to class Monday night. I think you'd be in shock and awe if I was pregnant for nine months. Or me. You'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> You're definitely having a V baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get around that. <laughs> I'd, I'd go buy a doll and, no and, and say, "Look what I made for you." <laughs> what you gonna have? Um, and there's like two listeners out there that are like, "I know what a V baby is." Everybody else yeah. is scratching their heads, going, "I don't get it." Well, some people might have watched the reboot. Uh, they didn't get to the baby, and I hope they didn't watch the reboot because it was they got to the baby, didn't they? Hmm? Didn't they get to the baby? I don't think so. I don't know. We stopped watching after four episodes. Because well, I, I, boring! I'm pretty sure in the season two they got to the baby. I don't know. There was a second season of V? There was a second season of V. Get Did out. you not? Yeah. I only watched four episodes because it was boring. I made it through the first season and couldn't continue. You, you remember that scene in Sherlock when Benedict Cumberbatch stands up and goes, Bored! 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 <laughs> he was watching V. <laughs> they had imported it. He got four episodes in. Um, Anyway, so she, she actually showed up to class uh, and uh, then left to go to the hospital. So it was like wow. late, late, uh, late night inducement. But wow. yeah, so congratulations, congratulations. Alexa. Yeah. What else you do besides work and school? <laughs> it's like you've I'm done. <laughs> oh, I did more. birth. I did a lot of work on it. <laughs> I have been emotionally invested in this kid for nine months, all right? <laughs> Um, yeah, what else we did? We had uh, Will's bachelor party on Saturday. Um, and, of course, Will didn't do anything easy, so we all had to truck together down to Worlds of Fun in Kansas City. And <laughs> I got an achievement. <laughs> now, nobody's going to admit this but me, so I'll be the one to come out and say it. Everybody has that kind of goal that you're going to go somewhere with a bunch of people, and the guys all go... 
That would be really cool if we could get so-and-so to throw up. You don't admit that out loud, but everybody thinks about it. <laughs> you threw up? No, I didn't throw up. You I got somebody, somebody else to, throw to throw up. Well, I brought a friend of his from class, um, Nels. Nels, N-E-L-S. Nels. That's an interesting name. I don't get it. But it's, okay. it's his dad's name, too. It's his dad's name, apparently, yeah. It's, he kept explaining. It's like City Nelson Ford, without actually. the on. Well, there was, a, Nels. there was the guy on Little House on the Prairie. His name was Nels. Was, was it Nelson? Really? Yeah. That's what Nellie's named after. Her I dad is Nels. Nels Olsen. I, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of Little House. What? Before. I'm sorry. It was on before I was born. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not. It's I'm, rare old. Sean gets I'm to just say slightly that. older than Noel. He's lying because I watched it as a kid and it was on TV. In reruns? No, reruns? In, no, on prime time. <laughs> I don't get to throw out old guy jokes. I <laughs> was a dig. I'm sorry. Anyway, so Nels came along and he. I was watching it when I was one, and Sean was. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> that worked. The math works. He had one of those old black and white sets with a magnifying glass over the front of it. You remember, the you've, you've at least seen it, right? Olsen uh-huh. Mercantile. He was the one that owned the store. His wife, Harriet, was this, like, just... I remember Harriet. B-word. Yeah. Yeah. And I Nelly didn't, I didn't, was I didn't, the little stuck-up kid. I didn't know that was his name. Yeah. Honestly, didn't and, and it was P- pretty, had a, pretty much my boy, and I can't remember his name. Here's a rabbit hole to go down. Pretty much my remembrance is a little house on the prairie. Is pretty much if it didn't happen to Michael Landon and the immediate family, <laughs> I didn't care. Oh. I really, it, it was not a show. That's that, too bad. It had, they had a lot of great. Oh, characters. I, I full props for everything else. Yeah, I just I, when, when it was on as a kid, I didn't. It's watch one of it. the best finales of a series ever. One of my favorite finales of a series ever. I think I kind they, of they were getting ready the to so they were gonna buy they were buying everybody out of the town. There was yeah. a, some big conglomerate came in and they were basically they were forcing them to sell their homes and sell the, the city and so what'd they do? They blew it up. They blew the entire town up. They just one at a time, each one of them set up their uh, dynamite and they just you know, the the ending of the show is them going through boom, just blowing it they they want it, they can have it. Boom, blew all their stuff up. It was so cool. Was wow. just the most awesome ending to a series I'd ever seen in my life. And it just blew the town up. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember that's, that. Oh that's yeah. A... I, I was I was blown away by that premise. I was like, wow. <laughs> literally. literally. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I, and I was quite young at the time. I, mean, I must have been probably grade school when it ended, or maybe maybe even junior high. I bet Josh Whedon like, was a fan of wow. the house on the prairie. <laughs> that explains a lot. I, I yeah. want to say he's referenced. You it can before, have the town actually. just gonna blow it up. That was, yeah, they blew their town up. Blew all the buildings up and everything. Anyway, Nels had come along. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we were talking about Nels. He he, he had made the comment that, you know, he he doesn't really do it. He's like, well, are you screaming? He says, oh, I don't like going in circles. I was like, oh, okay, I don't like going in circles either. So you and I, we're simpatico. You hang with me, kid. I'll take care of you. I was like, all right. So we rode the Viking Voyager, and when you put four, there was a crack of thunder and a bolt of lightning. One by one, you all lived. Um, when you put four guys in a boat, you know the Viking Voyager. Mm-hmm. It's a little log, right? The little flume thing. When you put four guys our size in the boat, <laughs> we rode really low in the water. I got so wet. <laughs> <Right in the laughs> bottom. Yes. All the way. Well, down. At, at least Sean and Adam weren't in the boat together. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we tried that on Fear of the Now. It didn't work. <laughs> but it's hard to drag the bottom of Fear of the Now. <laughs> Um, but yes, we dragged all the way through that road. That no problem. Got wet. Okay, fun. And then it's like, let's go ride spinning dragons. And he's kind of looking at this thing like, eh, I don't know, but it's going in circles. And it's like, yeah, but it's a roller coaster, so it's okay. All right. 
So we wrote that, and he was fine. We're like, okay, cool. Well, we're here. Let's do Patriot. And for those of you that are not from here, Patriot, I didn't take a picture of this one. Patriot is this kind of suspended coaster where you, you sit and your feet dangle underneath the track. It's ahead of you or above you. And he's kind of, I don't know about this. 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 I was like, dude, it's fine. You'll be all right. It's, it's very he smooth. He was feeling a little nauseous after Spinning Dragons, too. He just didn't really. Yeah, he didn't vocalize it. But <laughs> he vocalized it just to the wrong people who didn't. Who, <laughs> then, then those people who didn't hear the vocalization encouraged him to go on the page. Well, and I'm, I'm trying to you know pump it up, and it's like I ah, do it once. If you don't like it, you never have to do it again. That's kind of the philosophy of life, right? You know, don't. So we're, we're we're going up there, and it's you know I'm giving him the pep talk. It's the newest ride in the park, relatively speaking. It's you know 14 million dollars invested in it. It's very smooth, and it's steel, and it's you know it's got all this kind of great stuff for it. The one it replaced, oh, you, you wouldn't want to ride that one. But this one's you know this one's a good deal. <laughs> so he's like, all right, all right. And then I turned around and I said, you realize that we're only setting you up so that we can have a very stern talking to you after the ride about how easily your morals were corrupted because you didn't really want to ride this and we talked you into it. So now we're going to talk you into all kinds of stuff and I hope you're ashamed of yourself. And he laughed. So we ride the thing and we're having a great time and loop the loops and spinning upside down and all the stuff that the Patriot does. And I looked over and he, there, there was me and then Patrick and then Nels was on the end. And I looked over as we pulled into the station and he is jelly bean green. I mean, gills just green, like Yoda green. <laughs> just <laughs> and I went, oh my God, I, we killed him. <laughs> so then there's this. It was the cork, you, have you ridden it, Glenn? I've never uh, ridden Patriot. There's a corkscrew at the end. Well, that's, I, that's, 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 I don't think technically it's because corkscrew kind of implies this motion, and it's not. Well, it's just a twist in the track that. Well, you go, you go Is from upside. You go. I don't remember I that in a roller coaster tycoon. I do you think you do a 360. Well, yeah, you do, you do, but it's, yeah, it's if you do one three sixty, it's, it's in not a, a loop in a tight turn. It's, 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 it's not a loop to loop. It's a corkscrew, right? Because the, the traditional corkscrew loop is the one where you go like this, no, no. and it's elongated like no, no. a spring. Corkscrew is where the track is twisted. That's okay. corkscrew. Well, then what is this one? I always thought that was the corkscrew. A stretched corkscrew? Yeah, maybe. A roller coaster tycoon. That was the corkscrew. <laughs> this was a twist, but oh, whatever. It does this. I think they've so. updated since then. <laughs> You went off me. I seem to remember in Roller Coaster Tune that this was the corkscrew, and this was, I don't remember what they called that. But well, because you had to build it in sections, and this was a half corkscrew, and this was the other oh, half yeah, of the corkscrew. Yeah, right, right. But I thought this was just a twist. Anyway, it does a twist. Okay. So you can't build it in half. And so it's not just that it was, you know, the upside down loop I think he was okay with, but the twist was definitely I, th- I think not. that was kind of, he was, he could, he would. He'd have survived he had he not done that. <laughs> yes. And he is green. So we pull into the station, and the floor comes up, and he's finally getting, and we're going in through the mouth, or in through the nose, out through the mouth. You'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. The floor comes up, he's got the seat belt off before the thing comes up, and he is out. He's just gone. So we go down, and we're waiting at the foot of the stairs, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, we're waiting, and he comes down. And we're like, oh, dude, you okay? Oh. It's like, what, what happened? He said, I threw up all over the side of the building. Oh, no. And there it is. Just... He decorated <laughs> the entire wall of this building. Oh. And I have never felt so bad. And like I said, there's this thing where he's kind of like, 
you know, there's a part of you that's like, yay, we made somebody throw up. It is a bachelor party we after all. We had so much fun. I felt so miserable, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, and from the rest of the day. I mean, his day is shot. Mm-hmm. He, all he can do is like, you don't want to write anything after that. I don't want to write anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to eat anything. It's like, can I get you something? You want to walk with me? We'll go look and find some Dramamine or go to the first date. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we went and did that while the gang went off and did some other stuff. I felt so miserable under <laughs> <laughs> that. And really... He was in pretty good sports about the whole he thing. Was. He, was, he, was a, he was a great sport. And he kept saying, you guys seem like a lot of fun. I'd like to come down and hang out with you. And I looked at Patrick and I went, wow, he's a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> he was a really nice guy. Yeah, I, I, I would like to hang I've out with him again. I've read him on Facebook. I yeah, so did I. But uh, it was just, you know, then you know, we did a couple more things and he's just not going to, you know. And so it was like go-karts. And I was like, you like go-karts? Because they stay on the ground. You can do it. He says, I'm not doing go-karts well, right now. He says, I'll watch you. I love go-karts, but I'm not doing go-karts it right now. Go-karts was very shortly after. Yeah, that's true, too. So he's sitting there watching as we go around on the go-karts, and we got back over to him, and I'm looking at him. Which, which and he had already, we were all kind of, he'd gone to the bathroom, and then he had, we, everyone was kind of discussing doing go-karts, because it's actually five bucks. And he had already gone off and thrown up again. <laughs> yeah, he had gone off and thrown up again. So we, I, we get off the go-karts, and they're deciding what to do next, and I look over at him, and from across the go-karts in the background, you can see the hind end of the Patriot looming in the background. And the car went by, and did a and he threw up again. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't there for that part. <laughs> he can't even look at the damn coaster. <laughs> oh, man. Just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> So then we went to eat, and he just kind of laid on the <laughs> and then stayed there on the table while the rest of us ate. Was like, "Can we get you? I'm staying here. Go have a good time." He's like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. And he was there for like five hours. Aww. He just sat there and couldn't move. And eventually, he got up to us and he ate something. And he was he in, was ambulatory. <laughs> yeah, he was in much better spirits at the you know. But even when we were walking, when we walked back to get Dramamine, and he'd taken that and the, you know talked to the the. the uh, people at the first aid center who were basically like, well, the best thing you can do is get back out there. <laughs> they don't want to deal with it. <laughs> and when you fall down, you must get back up on the skis and keep going. You know. Um, so we were walking back across, and we walked in front of the ripcord, which is the big you know swing where the winch you up, mm-hmm. and then they let go of you. And these people went screaming overhead. And he kind of looked up at them and then had to stop and look at the ground. Like, oh, <laughs> like, are you, dude, don't throw up the drama. Wow. I mean, you just got the drama. <laughs> Yeah, he was so a rough day. He, he got it hard, and I felt so bad. Did you know? Did he go to dinner and everything, or did he bail after they got know. back to town? I don't know after they got back to town what the plan was, because we left a little early. Yeah. So I told that story. You could tell the rest of the day. <laughs> well, that's it was worlds of fun. It was a lot of fun. Aside from that, I mean, it looked like you guys are having fun. It. Uh, I, the ironic thing is, we had the perfect number until that. We had eight people. Perfect number for right. Everybody rides with somebody. Then we were down one. <laughs> man Luckily, down, Ethan. Man down. There were some rides Sean wouldn't ride. There were some rides Adam wouldn't ride. So overall, it pretty much you worked down out six and six. Or six people riding right. each ride, usually. Well, cool. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Then we came back to town, and um, Sean called it a night. I went and had dinner with my mom for her birthday, and then we went and saw Now You See Me. At the cheap theater. Oh, what'd you think? I really liked it. It was, it was, it was really good. good. It? it was really good. I was pleasantly surprised. I found it very enjoyable. I'm not going to say too much about it. Cause Did you figure out who done it? I didn't until they revealed it. I was very... And I, I felt... Up until that scene on the bridge where he's talking to the woman, mm-hmm. it felt like a twist to be a twist. Yeah. 
and then they fixed it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's good. So I, I would highly recommend it. Sarah really, really liked it and wants to own it now. So that's how good it is. Oh. Today we went. We took the nephew to Kansas City. Oh, that's right. You did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Your weekend's not over yet. My weekend's not over. Because <laughs> you work today. I work today. Uh, to the Legoland Discovery Center because they were having Star Wars Day. Which I told you about. Yes, you did. Which we had heard about the Legoland Discovery Center. We just didn't know about the the Star Wars Day. And it was really cool. <laughs> um, so, first up, you have to have a kid to get in. Sean was very bummed <laughs> I, I about that. I think that is the weirdest rule well, anywhere. you know. It's a kid. It's no it's, admittance it's, without child. It's geared towards children. What? It's it's not, it's not that in today's day and age. Unfortunately, it's not that surprising. Does it keep the creepers out? Yeah, you have to have a kid to get in. Well, why wouldn't you just go nab a kid and then get into the? Well, that, I don't know. <laughs> then you'd to, already have the kid. Why would you yeah, go have, creeping? You'd have, you'd, have to, you'd have to go stalk a kid in order to get into a place where you could stalk the kid. I guess yeah, I can see yeah, the logic why? of that, but. I was I was disappointed. It was like must have kid to enter. Are you kidding me? I like the irony here of how for years kids have tried to find grown-ups to go with them to movies, R-rated movies, <laughs> buy alcohol for them, and do all this different stuff to them. And now the roles are reversed. We have to find kids to go to Legoland. They do occasionally have adult nights, but I don't know if it'd be as much. <laughs> adult Swim, everybody out yeah. of the pool. <laughs> but you can also pay a little extra for an activity pack. It comes with a little lanyard. Oh, cool. And you go around to each station, because there's like a little map, and you get stamps. Ah, it ripped. <laughs> you put one of those little uh, yeah. circle protectors on. And then once you get all the stamps, depending on the day, you get one of these cool little thingies to put on oh, your lanyard. Oh, cool. Is it just like a stamp on there? That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. And then it has other stuff for kids to do, too. Um, like... It has the Lego story. Like, so it starts in, like, the factory, and then you go, then you continue. You might go, oh, and yeah, then you continue, and you go through kind of, like, a little wooded-type area. And then you ride a ride. Really? There are two rides in this oh, wow. place. And it's one of those rides. Are they 4D motion sim- simulators? Do what? Are they 4D motion simulators? No, there's a movie theater. There is a movie theater. Um, so the 4D experience. Which apparently occasionally does... I don't know what the character's name is now. It occasionally does Chimia. And it occasionally does something else. The one we saw. Uh, I don't know what the character's name was. There's a bunch of little Lego figures running around. Um, but you, you, you go through and then... It's a right, one of those writing ones where you shoot stuff. Oh, cool. And the guns Fun. are actually shaped like Lego guns. Fun. Like the... the Muzzle loader type yeah. guns, and so you're saving this princess and uh, shooting targets and shoot screens, big screens that you have to shoot stuff, and you get scores, and then they take your picture during it. That sounds cool. But yeah, it's really. We rode that like four times, <laughs> and then you go in, and you then there's like a Duplo area, and let's see what else is there. Let's go find a kid. Uh, there's <laughs> got two. You need to borrow one. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a big. You've got a granddaughter. You. <laughs> Well, she's a little too young for oh, us, though. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say. Well, that's true. You just need a kid. He's just going to enjoy it himself. He didn't care if his kid enjoys it. Uh, there's like a little racetrack place where you can build cars. Like it's a discovery center, and then they have like big play area, like going bonkers, 
has, where it's like jungle gym type mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and then the 4D theater, so that you get the 3D glasses and squirts water in your face, and, <laughs> and it, 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 they made it snow inside the room at one oh, point, which was pretty cool. Adi was really, I, he, I think he really enjoyed the movie. I think he was mad because it ended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that it ended and it kind of ended abruptly, yeah. so he was very happy about oh. that. But he had a lot of fun, and you could tell he was kind of getting tired. Then they also have one of those carnival-type rides that you go around in a circle, and you, and you go up and down. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know how to... You're it just kind of struck me funny. Yeah, but it's like it, one it, of those carnival rides. Ooh. Where, where you go around in a circle. <laughs> uh, where, where it's kind of the ones where it's targeted towards younger kids, but you go up and down. Mm. Oh, like a bouncy roux. Yeah, kind of. The cool thing about this is... Or Snoopy versus the Red Baron. You're up and down is determined drawn. by you. you there's, we have both. There, there's bicycle pedals. We have both, Sean. Yeah. Okay. There's bicycle pedals, and depending on how much you pedal, either you go up or you go down. Oh, Okay. It pushes hydraulic fluid into the thing for you to do it, and it's like it's one one adult and one kid per little cart. Oh, so if you don't have a, another kid with you, you got to ride by yourself. Because Sarah and I were going to ride together, and he's like, "Nope, only only one adult." So that was really cool. And then, so it was really cool. So you did it, and Sarah didn't get to ride it. No, we both she, did. It. She, we both they, did. They it just had to ride by themselves. Well, her brother went with us too. Oh, so yeah, he's, he's we rode that kid. twice. Well, we had three kid, three adults to one kid. You just have to have a kid. You just have to have Your one. Your group has to have one kid. <laughs> right, but you just said that in order to get on the ride, you, well, you no, and a kid. It, you no. either rode you and a kid or by or yourself. Bird, by, oh, by, by oh, yeah. Adults okay. could only be one adult ah. per, per car. But, e- but each car could have yeah, one kid, now. too. I got it now. And there was even like a there's there's a girl section. Which so Adi and his dad rode together, and then Sarah and Keith were going to ride together. But we but couldn't, they but couldn't, we couldn't because you so can only you do one adult right, per car. Right, right. There, there was a girl section that had karaoke. There's a, in a circle. master builders section where you can go and take a class. More more intricate. Yeah, you, you you learn how to build something, then you can keep it for five bucks. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> um, we thought he was a little too young for that, so we didn't do that. Um, Caitlin would so do that, though. Yeah, God, well, she would love that. We got there probably a little around noon and left about two. How much are tickets? I don't remember. Hold on, let me look. I can look real quick. I read somewhere they're like nearly sixty dollars a piece. No, they're not that. Okay. Uh, we bought four tickets for seventy-five. Oh, total. Yeah. Okay, so twenty-five a piece. Yeah, about. Uh, you know, bodies would have been cheaper though. Yeah, it would have been cheaper. That's not bad. No, yeah. And they have other. Like it, that's oh I should mention the Star Wars aspect of it. They have yeah. like oh you said it was kind of lame. Yeah, th- there was also a big section where it's like uh, I don't know how, it's Lego stuff built, and you go through and you just see this kind of cool museumish. Yeah, yeah, they have parts of Kansas City built, like the uh, Plaza Crown Center. See, I think that would be cool. Where it, it is really cool, and they intermix Star Wars stuff in it, which I got the impression it's there all the time. I don't know if it is. But, like, there's a racetrack, and there's the speeder bikes. And there are buttons you can push to make the speeder bikes go. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. And then there was a, a scavenger hunt. There's, like, a normal scavenger hunt. But because it was Star Wars, they made a special Star Wars scavenger hunt. Hmm. Who's on top of this? Blah, blah, blah. And then you submitted it to possibly win something. So we did that, too. But there's a big mural of Yoda made out of Lego pieces. And then they had... A giant 
Clone Wars Yoda. Uh, that was built out of Lego that people could help build with, or help build it. By the time we got there, or got around to it, it was already fully built, so we didn't get to take part. But there were also people, I'm assuming from the 501st, dressed up in costume. Uh, there was a stormtrooper, scout trooper, um, random Sith, Boba Fett, an Anakin, and an Obi-Wan. So oh, it was knowing, like, knowing George Lucas, that could actually be the guy's name. Random <laughs> there was like five or so. Sean and people. I got to see a forty or a twenty foot Yoda. Ooh. We got to watch him build it all weekend. Too. Oh, that's cool. Celebration three. I don't know if it was oh, they yeah. were building. Yeah, yeah they were building. I forgot. We didn't it was think they were going to get it done before yeah. we got in there, and we went in there. And I think they were still working on the lightsaber, but they had the rest of it all. I'd forgotten about that. In fact, they didn't think they were going to get it done because they were they were soliciting people to come by and just you know. Put some bricks together while you were there, oh. <laughs> and so it was kind of an interactive thing. The whole community could come in and put bricks together, and then they were going to have this thing done by the end. And I think it was the second day we were there, maybe the third day we were there, and it was like not even half done. And we were like, oh, "They're not going to make it." And then we went in there the last day before we left, and they had got all of it done except for I think, like I say, I think they had still had some lightsaber left. That's cool. Um, I didn't think the Yoda was as cool as like the one in FAO shorts in New York with. In the R2. Yeah. It wasn't that cool, but it was cool. And they had other stuff built up. Uh, tickets are 16 per adult, 13 per child. Oh, okay. So then the uh, I think the activity books are an extra four bucks or something. But yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, I think that was pretty much it. And then went to dinner for Mel's birthday. But Where'd you guys go for dinner? Uh, I was on those, yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think I'd go back to... Uh, the Lego Land Center. They have other, like, apparently. Well, they have special weekend events. Yeah, uh, so, weekend you know. events, like, all planned out through the year. I and just happened so to see that this weekend was over. Star Wars. So. They, did, they did one over the May 4th weekend for Star Wars. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. And then Brick or Treat is Although coming you out. you have a boycott of that if you don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Holly, Holly Holidays, also. For the rest of the year. So, I don't know if we'll go back this year. We might go back next year. And I think Audie will get more out of it as he gets older. Since sure, he is only sure. four, yeah. But I think your kids would absolutely love it. And Sarah and I were like, we so would have loved this as we were kids. <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. It's more fun if you have a kid that will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, seeing the activities that there are, I wouldn't have that much fun at an adult-only event. I don't think. Because I mean, we're too big to go in the jungle gym area. I mean. There's the race cars, the carnival thing, and the shooter thing, and See, ra- to, random Lego building, but that would be it. it. One of the, when Mel and I were going, you know, okay, it's daytime, and we'll just go and go do something. We went to Science City, which is um, across from where this is at, a Crown Center in Union Station. Oh. And it's so very, it's across the other side. It's across the other yeah. side. Because it's, in, it's this, actually in Union Station. Because this is across from... Because it's all Crown Center, but it's across the street from the main part of Crown Center. Right. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's and there's an aquarium there too, apparently. Oh, I so it, is it on the fountain side then? Yeah, it's on the yeah. fountain oh, side with the okay. ice ice rink. Gotcha. And okay. apparently, it's only like a year old because like. Yeah, because Union Station's behind on the other side of yeah. Crown. Yeah. Uh, well, weekends in and April was blocks. the first birthday celebration. <laughs> well, so it's you coming can up see it from years. there, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's literally it, two city blocks down to there. Well, but you can see it from really, the corner. It's, yeah, it's like you just take, you take a link and you cross over that funny street. When, when I think of across the way, from well, you can you can walk here. It's more like the other Crayola. 
yeah. is across the street from where this right, is. Right, yeah. right. But this is on the other side. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, I, it would be two city blocks from where Legoland is. Yes, at, but that's it's what really I'm saying. It's down one this Crown way Center. and down this okay. way. Oh, right. Yeah. It's because right. Crown Center takes two blocks. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we, we <laughs> so, went. We, not we, that we, anyone knows what we're talking about. No. We went and did uh, Science City, and I kind of had that, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to be, because it's just the two of us in here, and it's kind of, it's very much geared for kids, you know, Sesame Street, uh, electric company learning kind of stuff. And, man, we had a blast. <laughs> and, you know, Mel crawled through tunnels, and I climbed up on things. And the only thing we couldn't do is there's a high-wire bike because they balance it for kids. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, oh, I'm going to do the high-wire bike. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, we, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll steal a child and go down to this thing. Or, uh, I mean. Here, you play in the Lego pit. We'll be back. <laughs> children, <laughs> two, children two and under get in free. So you got a year to take Katrina, and she'll get in for free. Oh, yeah, sure, because she just turned two. So, I mean, you could still take her. I mean, I just don't know that, yeah. I don't, I don't know. She would <laughs> Katrina wouldn't appreciate it. And there was a lot of us, we, we helped him and we played with him, but there was a lot, of, at least 30 minutes or so, of us just kind of standing around while he did his thing. Did his stuff, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. See, that's why I wouldn't take her to an amusement park. There's a part of me that thinks that... I would probably enjoy Worlds of Fun more if there was a child. We didn't with, take we didn't take Mason to Worlds of Fun until, until last year. Yeah. I still thought he was oh, a little yeah. too young. In fact, he only did the stuff in Camp Snoopy and then well, a couple of other things. Barely so. big enough to run, do anything else. Right. Yeah. Well, this year he's he can do. He's, he's a lot getting of the, a lot taller now. Yeah. yeah, he can do a lot of the like taxis and things like that because he mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't even dri- although he did he couldn't drive the taxis last time he was there even with an adult sitting there. Oh, but he did. <laughs> was he big enough for bumper cars? To drive, he did. He just... did bumper cars by himself, but he couldn't. He couldn't figure out how to back him up, uh, so he'd get stuck, and then he'd like start crying because everybody's bumping into him. And he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> that was the other Mel and I watched Cloak and Dagger because uh, she just out of the blue. I had this dream about this movie where this guy comes out of the fire and the kid and he's imaginary. And he thinks he's a spy. I've never seen this before. But <gasps> You've never seen I Cloak had, and Dagger. I, well, I have now. I had not at the time. You had I not watched seen it this before. week. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. Weren't you an Atari kid? Yeah. And you'd never seen Cloak 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 and Dagger? Dagger. Dabney Coleman and uh, Elliot. Elliot Thomas. Or uh, Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. I never can remember his name. (laughs) But so... um, And the Atari cartridge. (laughs) Actually, it's not actually an Atari cartridge, but Atari adopted the film. False advertising. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so she she was talking about this. I have never seen it before, but I went, um, Cloak and Dagger. Have you ever seen Cloak and Dagger? It's a little little old for you. You'd have been very young. Or I, maybe I've not even around it. when it, it first came out. It was 84. Yeah, so you'd so, been real young. That's, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well. But, um, so I, we found it at work and bought it, and she made me watch Cloak it. And and I, I, I really enjoyed it. it was, I mean, it's dated, but it was a lot of fun. It's, it's goofy 80s. And um, what's funny, you, you saying that he couldn't drive, is there's a scene where he... Uh, uh, Elliot, uh, what's <laughs> Henry, Thomas. Henry Thomas, where he steals the guy's car, and so he's driving. But of course, he's a kid driving. And it's like, I'm sorry, I think kids driving cars in movies is the funniest thing. <laughs> I want more kids driving cars in movies because it's just it's just absolutely hysterical. And but they don't is, do it anymore. You know why? Because it's not. They're safe. afraid kids are yeah. going to try to drive a this car. Was, this was the first one I'd ever seen where he's up. He's behind the wheel. I don't know how. I mean, he's two years older than he was in ET, so yeah. he's not terribly old. But he's behind the wheel. 
And he, he, he does this. He peeks up over the wheel and looks to where he's going. And then he has to slouch all the mm-hmm. way down to the seat in order to be able to stamp on the gas. Mm-hmm. And he's in a parking garage. So it's nothing but this carnage of broken glass and crunched you know, <laughs> fenders and bumpers and things. And he hits something. And then he looks back up over the thing. And then he's like... <laughs> and he, you know, just trying to... And oh, my God. I laughed so hard this thing. <laughs> Because it was, like I said, normally the kids kind of sort of have something worked out where they can, you know, yeah. he's just, he's all the way up or all the way down in this car. realize we've prattled on for more than an hour on what we did this week. It's a good thing the uh, retrospective is short. Anything else from this week? No, that was it. Okay. I'm sorry. So I, 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 the only other thing I did was caught up on Grim. Up to date now and started season four of West Wing. So I fell off on that. Nobody cares. And <laughs> reading my book. All right. How's your book coming? I'm all, uh, hundred and he'll have I have hundred and fifty pages left. Hundred and fifty pages left. So and how's your book coming? I'm on chapter then. three. But oh. it's only two hundred two hundred and ninety five pages, so I'll be I'll be golden. I think I'm on page seventy five or seventy six, something like that. They're long chapters too, which I I don't normally Too like. Chapters aren't that long. I don't normally like in a book because I kind of like that. Hey, you know, read, read four pages. Oh, and another chapter it really makes it feel like the book's going along. It feels like you feel like you're accomplishing something. Or, or you something. can make a, take but a break this time, easier. Yeah, exactly. That's what's the best part about it. But this time, it's like oh, I'm just on chapter three, and then I look at the book, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm almost a quarter of the way through the book now. So, <laughs> well, let's move on to news. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who was recognized at the TV Choice Awards. Uh, was named the best drama series for the fourth year running. Beat Woo! out the Call the Midwife, Downton Abbey, and Waterloo Road. It also received an Outstanding Achievement Award in recognition of reaching its 50th anniversary. With Peter Davison taking the stage to present Stephen Moffat with the award. Who said, I'm receiving an award about Doctor Who from Doctor Who while Doctor Who is busy filming in Cardiff. <laughs> and they also showed a montage of clips from five decades. Where's uh, However, Best Actor uh, went to David Tennant instead of Matt Smith. For David Tennant's role on Broadchurch. Oh. And uh, Miranda Hart beat out Jenna Coleman for Best Actress. Miranda Hart from Call the Midwife. Oh. Right. Yay, more awards. This week we got a peek at the promotional image and poster for the 50th anniversary special, which now has a name. It what seems is like it? we're being lazy. It's really clever because I think it fits into that being the actual 50th anniversary day, but it's called Day of the Doctor, <laughs> which... We're being lazy. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. But when you when you peel back all the layers and you go, this is the day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary of the, the, of the first airing of Doctor Who, it works. So, I'm forgiving. The day of the Doctor. The name of the Doctor. An unearthly child. See, the, 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 the death of the Doctor. The death of the Doctor. Yeah, that's right. Death of the The Doctor's wife. <laughs> The doctor's daughter. Vincent and the doctor. <laughs> Vincent and the doctor. Doctor Who and the Sarians. Oh, wait. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. I was waiting for it. What did you guys think about the uh, poster? The poster's it's cool. pretty sharp. That's pretty like cool. It. Did you look really closely at the stuff around John I Hurt? did, yeah. What do we think of that uh, that door in the background? The, 
It looks like the TARDIS door. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of speculation online now that the 50th is where they're going to resolve that plot, I'm plot hopeful. Line. The, the explosion? <laughs> yeah. The exploding? Why the Because it does look like an explosion, too, in the picture. I don't think so. I think he'll wrap that up in the uh, Christmas bag. You think so? Yeah. And do you think we're getting the inclusion of Bad Which will Wolf be called just the because Christmas of the Doctor. I, I think so, yeah, especially just, since there's Daleks. to the factors being Rose, yeah, Rose, Rose and Daleks. Yeah, I think that's what that is. So not so much that it will play a role in the story? Um, no, I think it will, but I don't think it'll be some big grand tie-in. Oh, we fixed yeah, it I think it'll be more of a... I don't know. Nod. Yeah, nod. Yeah. BBC has also announced other stuff they're doing on the 23rd, including on BBC Two... A special featuring Professor Brian Cox taking an audience of celebrity guests and members on a public of the public on a journey of the wonderful universe of Doctor Who, uh, and drawing on theories and kind of the science of Doctor Who, uh, kind of like what Star Trek has done before. Uh, also, uh, there's going to be a special on the Culture Show. Uh, yeah, called You, Me, and, and Doctor Who, which they had talked about uh, previously. I don't mm-hmm. think we've reported on it, but other people mm-hmm. uh, had it. And then uh, BBC Two will air An Adventure in Space and Time. What's that? That's a, just a little docudrama. <laughs> just a little docudrama they're working on. Yeah. Nothing, nothing major. Nothing major. We got a length, though. It's 90 minutes. Yes, that's right. And we got a length of the, 50, uh, the 50th anniversary, The Day mm-hmm. of the Doctor. is 75 minutes. Yeah. So not quite feature... Length. No, 70 is feature. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is 70 is considered feature length. Oh, I did not know that. But the 50th is 75. Yes. Right. Uh, there's also going to be... He was saying it's not quite feature, and I'm saying it is. It's actually more there. So. I, I did not know that. Yep. That's what they classify as feature length, 70 or more. Hmm. Uh, BBC4 possibly will air the Unearth- An Unearthly Child, uh, but you it's unconfirmed. Possibly, yeah, yeah but, not, and I think they had to pull it. Okay, that's it's, what it was, because I saw on BBC's website... Pending the resolution... Uh, yeah, afterwards they had to update and say, pending right. the resolutions of issues with one of the episodes, um, they're working on it. So, it pretty much expected. What could be the issue of one know. of the episodes? They didn't say. Music rights. Was there any in that one? I know the chase has the Beatles in it. John Smith and the Quarrymen. <laughs> <laughs> I think that fixes itself. <laughs> Somebody had to write that jazz tune. Oh, but anyway, lots of stuff. Yeah, and there's going to be stuff on uh, CBBC, including a Blue Peter special and BBC, other BBC Three stuff. And and then we saw that Watch over in the UK is now uh, secured the rights to play the revisited, revisited, and classic episodes. Didn't I read that as well? Was that you, well in you, in combination with the uh, the ones that aired the ones that yeah, aired with the ones that, that right. it'll be the same as the revisiteds on right, BBC right. America, um, but that's cool because it'll finally give the uh, the, 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 the UK viewers the UK viewers the opportunity to see them. Yeah, yay! And then there was a little announcement uh, by a lot of nudie nudie news media, um, <laughs> not nudie news media. I like uh, media. recently <laughs> about uh, a certain somebody being in the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. Uh, according to Female First, they are reporting that Peter Davison will appear in the special. However, if you go directly <clears throat> to the quotes, 
He says, I'm making an appearance somewhere over that period of time, but I can't reveal in what. He also says, I can't reveal anything specific about it. I'm not allowed to. It's a big year for the show, and we're all doing our bit for it. Trust me. What brought this up is the fact that he mentioned that he owns a copy of the script, The Day of the Doctor. That's Uh, what brought it up. And then he made the quote, I'm making an appearance somewhere over that period of time, but I can't reveal in what. And I'm going to call foul on the fact that everybody's jumped all over this, and female first especially, saying that he's in the 50th, because he does not explicitly say he's in the 50th anniversary special. I think from the comment that he makes is he's revealed that he's doing something for the 50th. And that everybody is doing their bitch for and, it. And they're that does it. not mean he is in the 50th. And everybody has run with this, saying that the 5th Doctor is in the 50th, or Peter Davison's in the 50th. They're, they're, they're even getting it from wrong. Bang Showbiz, whatever that is. Yeah, that is wrong. <laughs> Absolutely wrong. He has not said that he is in the 50th anniversary. Well, that doesn't make a great headline. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm actually disappointed in a lot of these news outlets that are that are... Doing it that way, and, and nobody's called foul. Actually, there has been a few that have now dissected this and, and taken yeah. it down. Yeah, but yeah, in fact, I think that was on Doctor Who News last this last few days, and they've pulled the story. So I what don't a- know if they've pulled it to confirm it or because it, it, it's it's confirmed that he said these things, but people are reading too much into the comment. Something that I, I, I by the way, Phil, I saw that you had brought that up on Facebook as well. So. Something that I think is really cool here is I, uh, one of the commenters on their website says, as other commenters have noted, Davison didn't say he would be in the episode itself, as in the actual Day of the Doctor. But at the risk of being too optimistic, I think he'll probably still be involved in a significant and official way. Yes. For a couple reasons. One, Davison has a close and good relationship with Moffat, so I don't think he'd do anything to try and screw him over. Dropping this teaser of his involvement was just something minor, if it, if it was just something minor or if it was for his own project, would leave fans severely disappointed come November, and I don't think he'd do that. Two, I can't think of many good reasons why he'd be under official orders not to talk about it if it was just some interview or panel appearance or something. If somebody at BBC is telling him to keep it secret, it must be worth keeping it secret. And I think that's kind of a, you know... But he was also seen with uh, Sylvester McCoy and oh, yeah, uh, that picture outside. Colin uh, uh, Baker... And they had picket signs saying, uh, put the doctors in Doctor Who. There's some speculation that he's doing a special, it's a spoof or a comedy thing that they're doing. And it it is part of the official celebrations. And it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. And they've put that little much out. And that's what he's saying here is he's teasing to that. But they don't want to give away what they're doing. So he's being tight-lipped about that. That's what it is. That's, That's the ploy. (laughs) <laughs> Here's what I will You've say. Got, you, I'm sorry. Here's You've got doctors say. standing outside being photographed in front of BBC Center the day they start shooting the Christmas special? No. Not buying it. Well, he's not saying he's in the Christmas special, though. I know that. So, But that's the thing. That's the, that, that's, that's, that's where they're... Yeah, it, I don't that's buy That's the point. It. I, I think because of the signs that they have, it's, it's, it's a spoof. It's a good... I, I now, think so. let me be the first to say, when I saw this break, I was actually disappointed. Not the fact that Dave Davidson was in it, or, or reportedly in it. It's the fact that I really didn't want to know that. I was actually kind of glad when they kept denying it and saying, no, we're not in it, we're not in it. You know, we haven't been approached, blah, blah, blah. Because I was thinking, wouldn't that make it 
even more super awesome if they all popped up in this thing and they just pulled the wool on our eyes. But suddenly when you start reporting this this far out, it's like, ah, I wanted to be surprised by that. I wanted to, to believe your yeah. lies that you're not in it and then and now, suddenly and now show if, up. Yeah, now, if now you read it pops into my bra- it. Yeah, now yeah. it pops the bubbles. But I, I really, reading this, it, 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 it does not say he's in it. You heard it here, Glenn. You know, They're all going to be Everyone's sourcing female first. be very happy if they are. But I'm not finding the original story that they're citing. They probably pulled it, too. They, they had to have. Cause if, I, if you, go, if you oh, click wait. the link from our Facebook oh, yeah. page, it goes right to it. Yeah, to I've the biz show, Bang Showbiz quote? Oh, no. Oh, That's no, the one I'm trying to find. First. I think I might have found it. Hold on. Anyway, they're all in it. <laughs> well, speaking of, there's pictures. I'd love to see them in it and not play the doctor, play like a whole different role. I think that'd so would Sebastian McCoy. So would Sebastian. Oh, is that what he said? That's what he said. Because <laughs> in his I'd, words, I'd yeah, that. look at us. We're old and fat. We can't do that now. Yeah. But we could do something else. No, I'd love I to see I can't that. find the article on this showbiz, Bang Showbiz. But speaking of uh, people who aren't coming back. <laughs> Tom Baker was spotted in costume with a TARDIS nearby, but it appears it was filming for a Have I Got News for You sketch yeah. with Ian Hillsop and Paul Merton playing doctors. It makes me sort of wonder if, if all of the doctors will be in that as well. Maybe that's Boy. what Peter's referring to. Peter Capaldi could be. And Peter Capaldi is actually hosting that episode, the Doctor Who special of, uh, um, what's the show called again? I just... Oh, just I, just, I just closed it. The new, uh, I, I, I have I got something to yes, tell you? Yes, have I got? Boy. Have I got news to tell you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so Capaldi's actually I think hosting that that week. So that'll be that'll be nice. I mean, I, I BBC had said all along that they really weren't pulling out the stops. That they had a lot of things planned, and I, they, the more it that they reveal, like they it looks like they've got a lot to, going on. To those in the U.S. It doesn't appear as much. Yeah, well, and it does. It's unfortunately, unless we get some of this stuff come across, you know, the pond on BBC America or something like that, yeah. we don't get a We're lot of this stuff. Of so, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, you know, it's rightfully so. It's a big celebration in the UK, but we kind of want to be involved too. Yeah, which is nice that BBC America has picked up the torch and done the revisited and things like that. Yeah. Too, so. um, Ploy. <laughs> Moving on from that, as we mentioned, the 50th, or the Christmas special did start filming, and some pictures have uh, surfaced of Matt and his wig. And, and it look, looks great. It looks, it looks <laughs> you can't absolutely tell it's a wig, real, wig yeah. from the uh, pictures. It's so. an absolutely phenomenal wig. He looks just like Colin Baker. I can't wait to see how they're going to pull this off. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, uh, there was speculation that now he couldn't do it in the wig, that it just wouldn't look good. And yeah. there's a, but now they're kind of like, they're showing us, oh, yeah. Because he could do a whole episode of <laughs> a wig and just look just fine. So, One last bit of news is they announced, I don't think you got this in your notes, but... I do have it. I thought we were oh. waiting until some feedback. But The galley guests? Yeah, I don't know why you said that, but <laughs> you or he said we should he wait until we do feedback. I don't know. Oh, it was well, something let's completely do it. separate that oh, he talked it? about for something oh, different. Okay. <laughs> well, Sean's got some galley guest announcements. As soon as I get back, you want me to do it? I haven't pulled up. If you have it pulled up, you can okay. go for it. I had it pulled up and then I went away from it. I don't know why. I'm not here. Uh, Keith has some galley. There, there's, <laughs> there's a sad note. <gasps> no, no sad notes. Bonnie Langford will not be able to make it in 2014. Do a professional engagement that runs through next February. 
Oh, Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Mel's not going to make it. Maybe Sylvester will come back next year, and then mm-hmm. her and Sylvester can be there, you there go. together. That would be kind of cool. Um, but in addition, they added Tommy Hadok. Hadok? Hadok, I think. Hadok. Author of uh, Moths Ate My Doctor Who Scarf. And of course, and now he's, he's going to much associated with. A uh, special performance of his second play, My Stepson Stole yeah. My Sonic Screwdriver. That's his second that's yeah, what it's, it's a follow up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I've, the se- I've heard. The sequel to the Mo- Moths Ate My Doctor Yeah, I've heard Moths, and it's really, really, really good. And if you've never heard it, I mean, whether you're. I, I think it really hits home for people that grew up with the show in the dark. It probably hits, especially hits home for people in the UK that grew up with the show and watched classic. But I even associated a lot with it, listening to it. I don't know about you. You've, you've I still haven't listened to it. Oh, you haven't? No, no you should. I should. We should do that as an episode. We should, yeah. we should review. Oh, maybe, maybe, sure, sure. Well, let's, we'll call Toby Hajduk and get him on the show. I bet we'll, he would Skype in. Oh, and we'll, we'll, we'll find out how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Hajduk. I think I've heard him say I heard them say Hajduk. They've also added Ellie and Joseph Darcy Alden, the two kiddos from Snowman. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going backwards in I order. Know, I know. Francesca and Diggy. You're supposed to build to the better ones. Wait, that's, no, that's no, what no, I'm no. doing. Oh. I'm building to the better ones. Toby Habo. Hodo. Hodo should have been. I'm doing way far order of what it. they posted. Yeah. Wasn't Digby the kid in. Doctor Widow in a wardrobe? Digby down under? Oh, hey, that was quick. quick that was quickly nope. down under. It was Francesca and Digby from The Snowman. Yeah, Francesca, who also was young Lily Potter in Harry Potter and uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2. There's your other, another Harry Potter connection. Because uh, we needed another one of those. <laughs> Jamie Glover, the son of Julian Glover, who is playing William Russell. Russell. Russell? And, Russell. 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 And an adventure in space and time. Ah. Deep Roy. <laughs> yeah. For those that don't know, you, you do that every time we talk about Deep Roy. You're like, who is this guy? No, I know who Deep Roy is. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I... Picking homunculus. Mr. Sin. Uh, from Talons, mm-hmm. and many, many, many other things. Most recently, he was Kessner in Star Trek. Mm. He's in Return of the Jedi. He's in Return to Oz. I know who he is. I'm not all that excited. He's also him, in Flash Gordon. Yeah. You can get a Flash Gordon autograph. We can get a Flash Gordon autograph. The ultimate scene of the movie that has <laughs> so many people from who? <laughs> there you, there you, there, yes, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> Jacqueline King. About. Who played Sylvia Noble, Donna's mom? I uh, this is the one I can't get excited about, quite honestly, because I hated Donna's mother through so much <laughs> of the series. I feel bad, but it's like, why are we dragging this out? I I just announced them. <laughs> Jean Marsh, who was uh, alongside William Hartnell's original Doctor, uh, first as Joanna in the Crusade, and then companion Sarah Kingdom in the twelve-part Daleks Master Plan. And then finally, she also appeared as Morgan in uh, oh, yeah. Battlefield. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I knew that name sounded familiar. We talked about that in her being in. Yeah, we discussed Battlefield. Yes, she was also in Return to Oz and Willow. And then finally, Kate O'Mara, the Ronnie. Yep. 
The Ronnie, not Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Not Ronnie. Ronnie. <laughs> That's the one that I'm bummed that I'm not getting to go this year. I'd love Are you to officially not getting to go this year? Oh, yeah, officially. Oh, I don't know I, that I, I ever knew that. Oh, yes. Um, that, that, that's the one. Bad. That's the one that I would love to have. I'll probably have to send you money with that one. With you for that one. So That one and Colin. For certain. And Deep Roy. It was going to be Ronnie, but now it's... Er, Ronnie. Bonnie. And Joe. And Benton. Or Perry. You know, Benton, I'm not so worried about. <laughs> he, or, he shows up to stuff like every two years. Or Caroline Ford. Place, so. Caroline Ford would be another one that I think I'd like to have. Do you remember on my budget? I or usually Matthew budget, Waterhouse. I budget three. So, no, I don't want Andrew right now. <laughs> I budget for three, so. Caroline would probably be the other one. Although, didn't she? I thought she Bruno backed Langley. out. Didn't she back out of something? Not yet. She backed out somewhere else. Who did? Uh, Caroline Ford. Last year. She was supposed to be at Gally last okay, year. That's and, what it was. Uh, we were concerned about her health. I think, yeah. That's what it was. That's all the news for this week. All right. Let's move on to feedback. First up, Daryl. Comment, question. Well, let's try this again. (laughs) Hello, Vortaxians. Daryl here from Guilford Street, after all. Does anyone get that bit? Anyone? Hitchhikers? No? Okay, anyway. Oh, that's a Hitchhikers reference. Yeah, I got it. Did you guys see my one of my Instagram pictures from Legoland? Uh-uh. There was a deep thought. Oh, <laughs> oh that one, yes. <laughs> Next to a Cylon I didn't see ship. that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, they were like, come on, we need your help doing this Star Wars scavenger hunt. I'm like, no, I got a picture. Gonna your <laughs> no, this is more important. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, just wanted to say hello and say again that I enjoyed Chrissy's report from Salt Lake Comic Con. When I first heard that she was going to be there, I was hoping that she would mention something about Big Finish Games, and she did. Let me explain. Big Finish Games is a gaming company, found, company founded by Chris Jones, who plays Tex Murphy in a bunch of 90s FMV adventure games on the PC, under a Killing Moon, the Pandora Directive, and Overseer. The company is based out of Salt Lake City, and many people have been putting their blood, sweat, and tears into bringing text back to the masses. After a successful Kickstarter campaign last year, I am a backer, which raised $600,000, the game will finally be released around February, titled The Tesla Effect, a Tex Murphy adventure. It is everything a Doctor Who fan would love. Cheesy, intentional, and unintentional acting, Great sci-fi story in a film noir adventure in a post-apocalyptic San Francisco. Here's a link to the first trailer. even has a mutant straight out of Utopia. And then we'll include the link in the show notes. So please check it out and show them some love. Or check out the old games on GOG.com. You can pick them up really cheap. On the Doctor Who, I've been hearing some rumors over the last six months. Potential spoilers. That many Doctor Who episodes have been recovered and are being readied for the 50th anniversary. They may be shown on TV or released on DVD or a combination. The rumor is anywhere from 17 episodes, Marco Polo, Enemy of the World, and Web of Fear, MEW for short, to upwards of 90 episodes, minus a few Dalek Master Plan not part of the find. Now, I've heard rumors in the past, but not like this. 
from numerous Doctor Who people. Ian Levine, Annette, N.K. I don't know how you... It's Annika. Annika Willis. Wills. Wills. Tom Silsbury, Stephen Moffat, and others have made cryptic comments that can be dissected. Supposedly commentaries have been recorded for Fury of the Deep and The Power of the Daleks. Too many whisperings and cover-ups. The episodes were supposedly found in a massive hall from Africa over the past over the last three to four years, and supposedly 88,000 canisters were located, various programs by a film collector. Just Google it and you will see the rumors. Over 40... Daryl, are you behind? We've been talking about this for about two months. Over 40,000 posts on Gallifrey Base in the past six months or well, so. that's a reliable site. Hey, now. Sorry. <laughs> There are a lot of business people involved in the negotiations, and it could take more time, though. There are lots of old programs and lots of potential money involved. Very delicate situation. Moffat said we'll get more who than ever this year. And so far, nothing. So his comment would make sense if they were to reveal the fines very shortly. So what do you guys think? Do you think we'll be treated to a bunch of recovered episodes and be the best year yet for Doctor Who? Or is all we are getting is the two specials and that's it? Personally, I think we are who I think we Who fans who have dreamed about seeing Marco Polo, Enemy of the World, and the Web of Fear, in addition to many others, smugglers, Macra, and the Space Pirates, oh my, <laughs> may be in a treat come November. Keep up the awesome work. Your podcast is still my favorite over the last few years, and I hope you never get tired of it. Daryl. And Daryl... Oh, he says, Guilford Street, after all. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> and we missed Daryl's email last... After all. We missed Daryl's email last week. Somehow it got lost in the vortex, so we apologize. He yes. intended it for last week. But what do you guys think? We want to weigh in again about I, this? I think we've commented at, at exhaustion that, that about the... The episodes and how we've been on this roller coaster ride over the last three months. But um, the only thing I can say is believe it when we see it, because or believe it when I see it, because I mean we've been on this roller coaster, we've been on this denial series. Um, the best thing that I think the BBC can do is deny it all the way up to the announcement. But then again, if you deny something all the way up to the announcement, and then you say, "Oh wait, ah, uh, we really do have them," kind of kind of sullies your trust in, in, a, in a company when they do that, even if it's for your own good that they're trying to make, keep it as a surprise. So it's it's a very dangerous line to walk in order to do that. Um, but you and they quite frankly, continually Ian Levine has backed off on this, and he's actually backpedaled on it a bit too and acknowledged its rumor. Now, is that the BBC coming to him saying, Hey, cut it out. Hey, cut it out. We, we want it to be a surprise. Um, please give us this. But Ian has a real rocky relationship with the BBC. Uh, I haven't heard anything. From, you know, I'm not saying that they're not out there. Annika Willis and, and Tom Silsbury. Uh, I, I, I'd love to see where they've, they've dropped cryptic clues. And, and maybe I'll go look and, and find some of that information because I didn't delve into it too deep when we were on the roller coaster the first time. Now, Stephen Moffat has obviously quoted that there'll be a lot of Doctor Who and we will but we we, we and of to course, be fair we just got it this week but we now have a lot more than we had even two weeks ago when you sent this um, out Daryl um, so we have more than just now just a uh, special and a docudrama so well, and we are he he said in his email the two specials to be fair 
we'll have 10 episodes of Doctor Who this year. Because we've already had 7. Er, 8. Series 7 Part B was 2013. Right. So it's not, we're, we're not just getting two episodes for the, in the 50th year. We are, we, we got more well, than that. Well, that is more than ever before because we've gotten 12 episodes yeah. in a year. So I, I don't think that, I don't think I would qualify. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying he's, in his response to, we're just getting two specials and that's it. We're get, we, we've gotten more than two specials. Well, but I mean, we've been bellyaching about, and we've, we've been bellyaching about we that for a long time. So I don't think, I, would, I wouldn't count the tail end of series seven. Um, but believe it when I see it. I mean, I would, I'd be, I mean, I'd be ecstatic to get all of those Who episodes. But Sean's one of those glass half full type guys who I think he buys into the rumors a little more than I do, and I think I'm a little more skeptical. So I fell down on the. I'll be glad to see him if if they are there. But I, I really, this is this is getting high hopes over something that might not be true. And when you set yourself up too high, it's a longer fall. So I'm an eternal optimist. How's that worked out for you? Not moment? so good. <laughs> <laughs> Got married twice. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I want to believe. <laughs> I just I, I want. Yes, pull the wool over my eyes and beat me with it. I want there to be more, <laughs> and I want to believe that there is, and that they, I, you know, I just for the same reason that I believe it's a point that we are actually getting. It's on the other side uh, that we are getting uh, the doctors, uh, you know, in the fiftieth that. I think that they're pulling a fast one, and they're that, that, right now. I think BBC is is playing a a fairly magnificent shell game, and I I, th- I think that maybe some of it's true, maybe all of it's true, maybe none of it's true, and they are keeping all of these balls in the air for no other reason than to keep us distracted from what is actually going on. And so, you know, what what better way to keep the fans off balance over what you're actually doing for the 50th anniversary? Than to say, hey, did you hear that we might have found 90 episodes in Africa? I mean, yeah, that's going to be fodder for months. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, did you hear that uh, they might actually be putting the classic doctors? Because here's a picture of Tom Baker shooting something. I mean, that, those those are the kind of things that fuel the fire. And uh, if none of it winds up being true, but because, well, we've actually got this, then, you know, Okay. Unless it's another crossover with EastEnders, but <laughs> I will always hope that they find new episodes. I just don't have much stock in this rumor because it's so large. Because the the, the rumored amount is so massive that I just have a hard time believing it. I think the problem with Gallifrey Base too is <laughs> Gallifrey Gallifrey Base used to be a great resource for Doctor Who. Um, unfortunately. Um, it had a little bit of a, of a of a cancer at one time that has spread across the entire message board community there, and unfortunately, you have to really really dig for the good stuff at Gallifrey Pace. <laughs> um, and so anybody and everybody can get on there and post as long as you've been approved to be on the boards, and any more anybody can be approved to get onto those boards. So I'm approved. Yeah, I mean, I if Sean post. can get on the boards, then anybody. <laughs> yeah, for me's sake, people. But uh, so I. That one's that one's a tough one to use. That as a you, you'll never ever be able to in Glenn's court of law use Gallifrey Base <laughs> as any sort of uh, evidence for anything. But no offense, because there are some good posts on Gallifrey Base. But there's 
It, it's outweighed by a lot of the bad that's on there, and the trolls that are on there, and the yeah. So that's why I've avoided it. It's because yeah, you've heard about the trolls together all together. I used to. I, I, just, used to, I just I, don't want to do it when I first came back to Doctor Who. I visited there frequently, and it was a great place to be. But it's that's just full of negativity and full of falsehoods and rumors. Those and fans, I don't want to be around <sighs> predominantly. There's still um, some good people on there, but... Yeah. We will post the link uh, in the show notes for the uh, Big Finish Games for the uh-huh. Tesla adventure, yes. which I'm down. really intrigued about now, this Tex Murphy character. So I'll have to look and do some research on that. All right. Well, thank you, Daryl. Sorry we didn't get your feedback last week, but we looked all over the place for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Up next is Lisa. That should be said. If you send feedback and you don't hear it on the show... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Send give us, us an a email. heads up, which Daryl did. Give us a heads up and say, hey, I didn't hear my feedback because we generally read everything um, that <laughs> we, we know about. And if we missed something, give us a heads up. Uh, it may be that we just overlooked it. It may be that we just didn't get it. So we'd like to know because I, I wouldn't want anybody to send feedback and say, oh, they must not have liked my feedback. They're so they snobs. Just didn't they didn't read, read it. it. Yeah. Um, give us a heads up because we want we try to get everything on the show. We're not one of those shows that kind of filters. Of course, we don't have enough listeners. But we don't, we're not one of those shows that kind of filters out the, <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> the email. We, we read the solicitation email the one week. I mean, obviously, <laughs> well, we don't, we've, we don't we've, filter. We've backed off on some of those uh, spam ones now. Too. We've stopped the spam. At the very least. And I don't have a filter, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, Lisa's. I was excited about Lisa's. Okay, sorry. Not that I wasn't excited about yours, Daryl, but Lisa had. She, this is I, I very read, I haven't read little, Lisa's yet, so. I don't know that I agree with all of them, but in very neat little points. So. All right. Uh, this comes from Lisa. Uh, writes. Uh, how, comic question. Howdy, hosts of Traveling the Vortex. Long-time listener, first-time emailer Lisa here. I'm on the far coast, far north coast of California. Well, hello, Lisa, from the far north coast of California. Thanks for writing in. Thanks the, for listening. In the mountainous region? That's uh, probably more northwest or northeast. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Are there mountains on the coast? That's why I was saying. It's probably more in the northeast. <laughs> there are mountains in Goonies, and it was in Oregon. That's further north. That's not California. No, but it's next door. <laughs> Very next door. I don't know where Astoria is, but oh, we should do that. For for, we should do that for flicks with friends. What's well, sure we should. We should do Goonies. Uh, but I digress. <clears throat> so are we gonna keep flicks with friends the eighties movies? No, no. It just that's the trend so far. Goonies. <laughs> we were just. Uh, when did uh, Rocky Horror? If Keith come out? was not five years or less, <laughs> we're not doing them. <laughs> I disagree with that statement entirely. There's too much good stuff there. No. That he just, if, if Keith was not five years old or, or younger, then no, we're not we, doing we, it. We better go up to six. That way you can go to 89. Six years older or younger. Anyway. Sorry, I'm sorry Lisa. I'm really just kidding. I very much enjoy your podcast. I meet people who say they love Doctor Who, but seem to know very little about the program. One guy refers to David Tennant as... Brown corduroy jacket guy. Oh, Sigh. That's sad. Having a conversation with them about the show is pointless. So being able to listen to you all babble on about Doctor Who, new and classic, is marvelous. Thank you for all the time you put into the podcast. You know, she said, enjoy your podcast. I meet people who say they love Doctor Who but seem to know a little about the program. And I thought, well, you must really not know us. We don't know much about the program either. <laughs> we pretend that we, we don't. We pretend but that But then as she went on and she says, um... So being able to listen to you babble on about Doctor Who, and then I thought, oh, yeah, That's she listens. That's an accurate statement. She listens. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we babble on about Doctor Who. And other things. Ad nauseum. Now to babble about Doctor Who. One, the Moffat Master Plan. I had to pause dramatically before reading that. To explain Granddaughter Susan, along with fixing loose ends and weak storylines. A. Moffat has had the Doctor marry a woman whose timeline is the inverse of the Doctor's. River Song. Yes. That's what he's referring to. Would the Doctor not meet his grandchildren and children before he went about having them if the children were to move along River's timeline also? Ooh. So you're saying is Susan is Rivers and the Doctor's child, or no? It would, it would be Rivers' grandchild also. Correct. That's what I meant. Yes. Correct. Mm. Wow. Keep going. Okay. Yes. She's got some really great little nuggets here that I don't know that I agree with all of them, but I think they're very intriguing. B the 50th anniversary in the 23rd of November. C. Clara is born on the 23rd of November. Her grave in the snowman tells us so. D. There is going to be two doctors in the 50th anniversary special. E. River responses to Rory, her dad, in A Good Man Goes to War. Two doctors. Now that is a whole other birthday. Which I had never thought about. Because I thought she was saying, ooh, two doctors, that's a whole other birthday. Thinking that would be a nice birthday present to have two of him at the same time. Not in the sense that she has had a birthday with two versions of the Doctor. Yeah, I t- always interpreted that quote also, but then I saw The Night the Doctor, where she briefly saw the two, the two versions. Two versions, of, two of, versions yeah, of, yeah, of the so, one Doctor. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's probably... That's probably not, but it's cool. That might be stretching a little bit. <laughs> that's a stretch. That's a cool stretch. Two, the Moffat Master Loop. A, Clara gets the Doctor to take the right TARDIS in the name of the Doctor. In the Doctor's B, in the Doctor's wife, we learn the TARDIS takes the Doctor where he needs to go. C, the Doctor needs to go to Amy's to have Amy and Rory create River, the woman he loves and marries. As per name of the Doctor, he refers to River as his wife. Who... I should have read this before. she's saying, who buried that body? There's who buried no what body? body? There's no body. There's no body in Force of the Dead. And answers what I believe is the oldest question in the universe. Do you, did you ever love me? I am a girl after all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There. The graveside answers the question. The graveside yeah, answers the question. And, I, and that is true. That's a good point. Uh, if Clara is the doctor's daughter, is she impossible because he is old man and River's a young time lady? He needs to go to Amy's, tell her to marry Rory, have them on board the TARDIS for their honeymoon so River can be born, so he and River can have Clara, so that she can see that the doctor takes the right TARDIS, so that this loop can happen. So you see what she's done there? Because she hasn't pointed this point out. that So he and River can have Clara. So Clara... So I think she's presuming that Clara is, is Susan's mother, the doctor's daughter, daughter. But we haven't, because we've got... Weird timeline thing going we have, on. We haven't got that reveal yet. We haven't gotten that reveal yet that Clara is his daughter, and Clara and River have. And that's or, why sorry, that, that's the why doctor she, and River have Clara later, but he meets Clara, his daughter, when she's older, order. earlier in the time stream. And that's why she can enter his time stream. Yeah. Hmm. D. Which, which means Clara's earthly parents would have to be non-biological, but which would go against what we were told. In Rings of Akaton. 
We know for a fact that they're biological well, parents. We just know well, that she guess, has parents. She yeah. knows that they got they came together because of that leaf. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They could drop yeah, the ball like and say, drop, hey, "Hey, she's adopted." I got. I just want to remember a the shot doctor from dropped her off on. Or something. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I don't know. They could work it. D, in The Big Bang, the doctor says to Amy to remember what he told her when she was seven. One of the last things he says to her is to love Rory. Rory is the last centurion in River's dad. If you're a time lord going to have children, you know they're going to have to be brave and courageous. E, I don't believe Clara is human. She tricked the doctor and journeyed to the center of the TARDIS. Post-touching the TARDIS and pre-touching the bomb big friendly button... Clara is rubbing the palm of her hand that she touches the bomb with. That's merely, though, from the fact that it burned her because it had traveled across... That's what I thought, uh, too. ...time streams or... The doctor touches her burned hand and then believes she's just human. So I think what she's saying So maybe she's got some sort of psychic uh, implant or something that she does this, which that he now... Well, that, that's that reading more into it to me. I thought that the fact that, that she had burned her hand just somehow disguised the fact that she was Time Lord when he touched her so that he wouldn't get some sort of Oh, because he'd be able to pick up immediately. Right, exactly. oh, I got you. I think she's, she's found a way for Moffat to say, this is how I disguise the fact that he couldn't pick up on Clara being a Time Lord. Because, I mean, they can walk up to somebody in a whole different body, have never have seen a regeneration, and know who and that know. person yeah. is. But, Although he didn't figure out who the river was for the longest time. They've touched before that. They had. They'd even kissed before that. Although, technically not her full-blown persona. Yeah. It's been her, sp- actual her, her, her splintered yeah. pieces of her floating around within his time stream. No, before, before they touched with the... In uh, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, they touched before that. When? When he grabs her hand and runs her into the TARDIS. In what episode? The Bells of St. John. John. Okay. They've touched, they, they've touched multiple <laughs> times. Okay, you're right. F. Clara's book, 101 Places to See, page with the writing, property of Clara Oswald, age 9, 10, 11, crossed off in red ink, 12, written in red ink, crossed off in black, 13, 14, 15, 16 is missing, 17, 18, 19, marked off with twice or an X, 20, 21, 22, 23 is missing, 24, not marked off. If Clara is 24 in 2013, she was born in 1989, the year Doctor Who went off the air. Ooh, that's interesting, too. Her 16th year, which is missing in the list, would be 2005, the year Doctor Who returned, and the year her mother died. As Grave, as grave the Stone scene in Rings of Octon reads, Ellie Rowanwood, 11th September 1960 to 5 March 2005. The day Rose leaked on the internet. <laughs> like I it's a little that. conspiracy theorist there, but <laughs> it is interesting that it correlates. On the page we see that Ellie, the, on the page we see that has Ellie Rowanwood written on it, in a book of the same title, it says "Aged 11, and it is not crossed off. Ellie, short for Melody. I could be wrong. There's a first for everything, Lisa. P.S. One last thing to think about that I have answered. In A Time of Angels, River says to the Doctor that she has a spotter's guide to his faces. Where, when, and from whom did she get this? Was it Clara? 
she has seen all the doctor's faces. Well, that's a good one, too. I like that yeah. one as well. Um, I think you hit on a lot of interesting things here. I think that the, the, thi- the, the, the ink crossing through, which you're just being diligent here, and I appreciate that. I think the ink in which things are crossed through are irrelevant. I mean, and you just, after a year, you have whatever pens around to, to cross through. The interesting thing that I think Moffat plans to answer is the reason why there are years missing in the book as, as to, to crossing off, other than maybe she put it down for a year and she didn't come back to it until another year. But um, So I think that, that that's interesting, and I do didn't find the correlation at all, and you did some very proper digging to find the the fact that her 16 year, which is missing, is it would be 2005, which yeah. is when the show returned. Um, the fact that uh, she was born on the date, well, I, I think I had seen somebody else point out the fact that she was born on the date that Doctor Who premiered on television. Um, I think it's stretching a little bit to, to uh, equate to the day that Rose leaked on the internet, because it, it did on March 5th of 2005. Um, and the fact that Ellie might be short for Melody. Uh, I think we see Ellie in a lot of the episodes. Now, she is a time lady, but we know her last incarnation since she was married and died is the incarnation that we've seen all along. And we see Ellie when her parents meet at the beginning of Rings of Akaton. Yeah. And uh, we the only other time I think that we see her is when she's a young girl in the swings with the doctor on that prequel. And we don't get a good look at her, but it's pretty clear that it's not Melody that, that yeah. we know her. Right. So. Now, just... I think an interesting one. So she, she's got these two Unless years that's, missing. A, that's an adoptive mother that is not really... Ellie, so. Well, she's got these two years that are missing. She's got 16 and 23. Well, 16 is the year her mother died. Yes. So I can totally buy the, I'm not picking up the book. True. Because it, it's, it's, it's... That's too painful. It's Yeah. It, it's just she probably, you know, I took a year off. I just, you know, you, you just wouldn't go near it. But that doesn't explain why 23 is missing. 23 what? is the year that the kids that she's nannying for, governessing for, that's the year that their mother died. Remember, she had, mm. had, by the time Spells yeah. of St. Johnstone started, she had been watching these kids for a year since their mother had died. Oh, okay. And she's a friend of the family, and that's so. why she took on the charge. So there's another death there's in that year, death. which could be another reason why she didn't, she maybe just didn't pick that book up, because, again, she was taking a year off, because she's charged with these kids. So it may not but be she's anything about to a end, deal. She's about to end that charge, because... She's saying one more day, you know, at the beginning of Bells of St. John, because he's saying, you know, another day, and she's as, as long as you need me, but you get the impression that she's about to move on, that right. she's not going to be with these kids anymore. So now suddenly she's planning out her life, she's, and she's, she's picking got, this she's book, book up book again at, at the age of 24. So it could, it, it could be that there is no, you know, because I know, I know a lot of us really read yes. into that, going, a lot oh, of them, oh, oh, what is the, that. you know, what, what are we going to do? So maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just that's one of those little tiny so character development. There are two deaths in, in those particular years, and I, I wouldn't have thought of that had I not recently watched Bells of St. John with Holly. So. Hmm. I really like the idea that Clara gave River the spotter's guide. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It goes against other media that we've been presented in the Eternity Clock. You pick up pages of River's diary, and she talks about using the vortex manipulator to go and spy on every incarnation of it. But she has to I mean, have the book first in order to know where to go. No, no, this is her, who to look of her taking. I mean, she need, she doesn't need to know who to go look for, but she does still physically go look. I know, but the so, point is, she's yeah, using the guide to it's, go it's, look. It's still so the guide be, has to happen before well, the. I got the impression that the the spotter's guide was what her note she took. Is the journal is her spotter's guide? 
in the episode. No, I, 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 I could I could read that as, as two. I mean, books. it could be Clara telling her. I don't. I, don't I see what you're saying, a, but I I, I, I get the impression that there's the literally spotters, a spotter's guide. I think the spotter's guide <laughs> that's is taking the she, line. She's literally. using something in order to go find these other incarnations. Yes. Doctor, she doesn't know she's looking for. She could have had Clara so tell her go to this point to see what this incarnation looks well, if like. If you're going to accept that one, accept the fact that Clara just gave her a spotter's guide. That's lame. Polaroids, and they're they're uh, yeah. yeah. She went to Kinko's and bound them together. I, I just, a I just don't think the, why not. Here's what you're looking for. <laughs> I think this is some deep stuff, uh, Lisa. I think you did a really nice <laughs> yeah, job laying a lot of this out. Email. It's interesting stuff. I, again, I don't know how much of it I I buy into it, but I, there's a lot of pieces here that are very intriguing, and I'd be uh, I'd be excited to see Moffat go down this road on some of these uh, uh, things that you've kind of uh, pointed out here. So. It'll be interesting, and I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad that you uh, have written in, and, and don't don't be shy about writing in. Yes, in, definitely. In the future, in because if you feel like it's it's fun to talk about these kind of things and to to hear about um, speculation that, that people bring forward. So we certainly do it on this show. That's for sure. <laughs> I know we don't get that here. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Next up is Brenda. Brenda writes, "Dear Vortex Gang." I've just listened to your reviews. Oh, don't forget the subject line. Oh, subject line is Wonderful Doctor, Great Companions, Sketchy Movie. I wasn't going to read that because Sean probably would uh, leave. Bollocks! Dear (laughs) Vortex Gang, I've just listened to your reviews of the 8th Doctor Revisited show, and I want to answer a couple of your questions before I forget. First, in the broadcast of the actual movie, they did not edit the scene of the 7th Doctor being shot. Actually, having watched the movie several times in the past few months, I didn't notice any scenes that got edited in any in a noticeable way. You also ask about the placement of commercials during the BBC broadcast of the episodes of each Doctor. They basically just stuck in commercial block a commercial block every ten or fifteen minutes, so pretty much like regular broadcast presentations. And like many broadcasts of content that didn't have built-in commercial breaks, they sometimes chose questionable places to stick in the commercials, <laughs> though not so much for the movie. Lastly, regarding the upcoming Ninth Doctor Revisited, I saw today a guest list for the show, and it didn't list Eccleston. No surprise there. According to the article, they will interview Moffat, Neil Gaiman, Noel Clark, and John Barrowman. They didn't list Billy Piper, nor did they list Russell T. Davis, both of whom Davies... No, it's Davies which would have been essential in my opinion. Oh well, more, miss, uh, more missed opportunities. And I also agree with you on The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, would have been a better pick than Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. Apart from the regeneration, there's not a lot about Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways that I consider noteworthy. I don't know about that, but I, I certainly agree that Empty Child and Doctor Dances are much better. Then I challenge you to get on Twitter this Friday night and join us for Friday Night Who <laughs> and voice your opinions where Glenn will not listen to them. <laughs> oh, well, enough about that. About the Eighth Doctor era. I confess that I haven't read any books or listened to any Big Finish stories featuring the Eighth Doctor, so my experience is limited to the movie, and I have something of a love-hate relationship with it. That's not to say that I have any problems with the Eighth Doctor. I love the character that Paul McGann developed, and he had me at his audition. Seriously, that audition footage is so wonderful. Just to see how McGann takes direction and completely shifts his approach is a master class in acting. The problems that I have with the movie go back to the original story with all the convoluted stuff about the doctor searching for his father and the master is his brother and he's half human and on and on. 
I know that much of the backstory was eventually abandoned, but it is such a left turn from the canon that had been established up to that point. Also, I think the entire tone of the movie feels very American, and it feels wrong for Doctor Who. The violence that starts it off with the Doctor getting shot in a gang war is quite jarring. I didn't like seeing the Doctor gunned down, and I also found it jarring to see him on an operating table hooked up to life support and getting defibrillated. The way the Master murders his wife so coldly just borders on cruel, as does his casual dispatching of Grace and Chang later. And why did he just peel a fingernail off at one point? Seriously. Other than giving us another opportunity for some blood, did that serve any sort of plot need? I can address that one. I can too, but you go ahead. Um, Because he makes the comment that the body will not last, and so it's already deteriorating and beginning to decay and fall apart, which is why he wears the shades, not just to cover up his green eyes, but because his face is starting to... If you look, it's very dark around his yeah, eyes. His his eyes are literally kind of sinking into his skull, and he's kind of becoming the, uh, the mummified... Tom Baker master again at that point. Although he still looks like Eric Roberts. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that that was the reasoning for the... the which, I, again, I, I agree with you on that one. I felt that the, the fingernail was... I don't want to say gratuitous, but I, I felt it bordered well, on flipping it onto the glass. Yeah. That was just... But at the same much. time, it's such a wonderful master moment <laughs> that I let it go. Okay, go ahead. She goes on to write... As one who has visited the UK quite often in my adult life, I can attest to the fact that the British people, as a rule, are much quieter and gentler than Americans, and the general atmosphere of life in the UK does feel different from life in America. I know that this sounds like a stereotype, but it really is true. I think this is why I prefer British telly or movies over American ones, and this is why Doctor Who feels very American to me. Let me address that real quick and briefly, Brenda, because... I kind of had a different take on this in the sense that when I watched classic Who as a kid, I grew up in the 80s, and I watched a lot of American television where the van flipped over and the bad guy crawled out. And, <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of, of what would have been potential death action or, you know, the A-team shot bullets through everything but never killed anybody. I mean, Horrible that was, shots. That was the thing is back in the 80s, I thought we were very tempered. And then I was watching Doctor Who, which is a British television show, and people, the body counts were enormous. People were dying left and right. And I was I was amazed and, and a bit shocked by this back in the 80s. So there was always that flip with me as I thought. I didn't think that that, that, that there was the violence that we saw in American television. I mean, there was, there was a lot. You know, violence doesn't have to mean death and gore. But people didn't die in American television, but they did die. It's, it's, so to me, I flipped that in my head, and I thought, well, it's just it's much it's much more of a darker, violent issue in the UK. So I looked at it from that perspective. It's very it much clashed. the GI Joe argument that you know we we can you, you, all these lasers going off and you know shooting everything and everybody and things exploding, but there's always a parachute. Yeah, every time, every, every time, single time. Uh, and, and that, that that literally is kind of the definition of this cartoon violence that per, uh, permeates so much of American pop culture. Yes, yes. So I agree with you there. So, um, however, I think modern day, I think we're much more, the body counts are higher now here than I see on British television. So now I think it is, there has been this. Well, and I wonder how much of it is because of that. How much of it is that the cartoon violence got to the point where nobody bought it anymore. Yeah. So well, yeah. we, we certainly yeah, they, 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 they Now I pushed. will concur that the Doctor Who movie feels very American. I have, I have, I've said that all along. That it feels right. That, that I think it has aspects of who, and it could have been worse, but it does feel very American to me as well. 
I found it interesting to hear your debate on the last podcast whether you would have watched more Doctor Who from the team who brought us the movie. And as much as it pains me to say this, I'm actually glad that the movie failed to launch a series reboot at the time. I desperately wish that Paul McGann could have had more on-screen stories, but I think the movie team would have gotten it all wrong in the same way the American intervention wrecked the last season of Torchwood. I agree with your conclusion. The failure of the movie to gain traction in 1996 meant a stronger reboot in 2005. That's another thing, though, Brenda, is I, I concur entirely with what you're saying here. That's coming from somebody that has just watched the movie. When I watched the movie in 1996, I, I, all, of this, all of the memories of Doctor Who that I, I hadn't, wasn't able to revisit because I didn't have you know, VHS copies of it or anything like that at the time and hadn't delved back into the series again, all of this Doctor Who kept washing over me. And I kept thinking, and I, and I love the movie. I still love the movie for all its flaws. And at the time, I would have loved to have seen that continue on, even if it had been Americanized, even because it was Doctor Who back on television, and it was something that I had loved growing up. And so that's the perspective that I come from that I would have loved it. However, I also fall down on the side of, I'm glad that it did fail, because I think we got a much better product by rebooting it in 2005, which I think we all agreed on yeah. last week. Well, that's the joy of hindsight. Is you know, I'm in the same boat. At the time, would have yeah, absolutely, because it would have meant more Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, I, I I will take as we've said before, any Who, who is, is good, good Who, and and uh, an Americanized Who that's on in the 90s during what had been such a long dry spell of wilderness years. Yeah, absolutely, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I will take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. But now that we've had new Who gone. And we've had the show come back. Yes, I agree with you. I think we got a better product by not being there. It's still a little sad in a way that we didn't get it. Maybe in a parallel universe, it's still running on American TV. (laughs) Can you honestly say, maybe this is a question for later, but can you honestly say, had you more recently seen the new movie, you hadn't seen the the, the new movie, the movie, you had not seen it in 96, would you have as much of a love affair as you do with it now? I, I could understand why many wouldn't have the love affair with the movie. Going, Going to it from New Who to... The movie. We can't wipe out the fact that you've seen Classic Who, but let's wipe out the fact that you maybe didn't see the movie in 96, you saw the reboot, and then you saw the movie. Would you have as much of a love affair? I think you still would love it, but would you have as I much would, of a love I affair? I would still with love it. Because I, I love it. But you came to it without any classic That's true. As well, well I well, had, some, had classic. some classic. He had some classic. But you didn't grow up. I guess that's what well, I'm saying. Yeah. Is that we, had a, we, we were differently removed because we had attachment to the classic series when we were kids. I'm trying to put myself in that position of if, if all of my knowledge came from New Who. Well, let me say this then. Let's, let's, let's leave the question out there. And if you want to just kind of maybe mull over, I'm all over it, and we'll think on through, it. Because we're, know. we're talking about the retrospective, so it might yeah. fall in line a little more. That's, a, that's an interesting okay. question. I don't we'll know. revisit it when we Because there back. is. There's so much of it. Even though I've said that it serves as such a bridge from classic to new, but I think that's one of the reasons that because, I, because I'm looking at it as a bridge. If right. I didn't have that comparison to make with it, I don't know. Well, you and I both wear rose colored glasses on. That movie, you know, it's perfect. We, we both yeah. She goes on to say, All that being said, there's a lot to love about the eighth Doctor era, even when considering just the movie. It was wonderful to see how Doctor Who could look with the sort of money spent on the film. Though I just hated the look of the stupid rubber cement slivery snaky thing that was supposed to be the master's new trick. I do love the new console. And the rest of the console room, the cloister and other sets did a good job of conveying the bigger on the inside concept. 
I was on board with the kissing idea from the start, though I thought the actual kiss was pretty lame. Closed mouths, no passion. <laughs> it seemed perfectly natural that the doctor would kiss Grace in the excitement of regaining his money and finding shoes that fit. And once the deed was done, it made sense to do it again. I gr- agree with Moffat's take on this. There was nothing in, ca- in the canon that precluded a romantic side. We just hadn't seen it up until now. And that's why I buy the romantic storylines in New Who as well. If the birds and the whales and all manner of living creatures can mate for life and have apparent connections to their mates, of course the highly evolved Time Lords would have the same sort of emotional connections to each other that we humans experience. If we could have had... If we could have had the same actors portraying the same characters and with the same production values, but in the movie, but in a movie made in the UK and more closely resembling the Doctor Who that had been around for 30 years, perhaps the show would have caught on again. As it is, I think we got a great Doctor and two interesting companions in an uneven movie and fighting a master who had no redeeming characteristics. <laughs> I do recognize that my opinions are colored by the knowledge that the show came back even stronger nine years after the movie. I'm sure that had I been watching it in 1996, after having no Doctor Who for seven years and not knowing if there would ever be any more Who ever, my evaluations might have been quite different. As it is, I'm happy with the things, the way things turned out. She just answered that from earlier, our, our, our defense. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Eighth Doctor era, and I do plan to check out some of the big finished stories with the Eighth Doctor just to expand my understanding. Until then, I hope you all have a great week, and happy travels to Sean when he heads to Hawaii. Brenda and Atlanta. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Well, we'll touch more on the, the Eighth Doctor's era as we go. I don't. I, I want to bring touch on something that she brought up. Sure, sure, sure. I, I don't think that... If the movie was more resembling to the 30 years of the show that came ahead, it would have continued on. Because obviously, it stopped. If it yeah, there was a reason for that. Yeah, if it were more like Classic Who, it would not have continued. Yeah. And that's why it has to be different. I'll address why I think that it could have been more like Classic it Who. It could have been we, more like, we get there. but it... I, I, well, it, it, it needed to try something. I, I don't want to. I don't want to steal too much of our retrospectives. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, we'll be the uh, revisited. That's right. Because uh, <laughs> we don't have Paul McCann either. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Well, the I have a surprise for you standing by on Skype right now. I had to wait until this moment to reveal it because he hadn't gotten up yet. But now he's up, refreshed, and in front of his computer. And you Ladies thought, and gentlemen, Paul McGann. You thought we were just rambling on about what we did for this weekend for, you know. We were buying time. We were buying time oh, for I Paul. I wish that was true. Uh, <laughs> it would not. be awesome to have Paul on Skype. Oh, that'd be so awesome. It's not true? No. Uh, we don't have. Would it, would it help to say that I attempted... To get Paul, probably more so than. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Is it professional commitments? Is that the reason that we couldn't get a hold of yeah, him? Yeah, it was oh. professional commitments. Yeah. Well, at least we know. <laughs> you heard it we here. Right? We we tried. You see, American didn't even tell us why he wasn't on there. <laughs> we don't have Paul, but we do have Holly. She writes in. Hey guys, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Great last podcast. 
wanted to let you know there was no problems with the audio at all through the whole podcast. I could hear all three of you, no problems at all. On to the reviews. Enemy Aliens. An interesting audio. It was nice to get another adventure with Charlie. India did a good job with narrating and going into her Charlie voice. I think she did a good, pretty good job getting the Eighth Doctor's annotations down. <laughs> Sorry, I really ought to disable that when we do this show. I love the bit in the beginning where the Eighth Doctor calls himself a bossy boots. <laughs> and now we're starting to get some answers as to what's going on and why the Eleventh Doctor has been trying to get in contact with all of his previous incarnations. Who would have guessed that the William Tell Overture would be the one... <laughs> would be the trigger for an alien attack. I could have it could have been worse a worse song like the hamster dance. <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, I've added a link in the email. You've been warned. My I apologize now if it's gets gets stuck in your head for some time. Uh, we're not are we gonna actually play this? Is that why you turned up your volume? I didn't turn up my volume. <laughs> I think we found our rollout music. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make Glenn put that on. Oh my god, you played that link in her email, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I was in the bathroom and I heard the hamster dance. There, there's our rollout sound music. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we're ever going to find out for sure what exactly what species of aliens we were dealing with by the time the saga ends. Love the turn of events at the end with, Char- with Hammond and Charlie. The way they ended, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Hammond's not going to be making a return appearance. Mm. Even though we have just the movie to see the Eighth Doctor in action on screen, the audios have really given the Eighth life and fleshed out his character. I've listened to some of the Eighth Doctor adventures for Big Finish, for example, The Blood of the Daleks 1 and 2, Horror of Glam, Glam Rock, Grand Theft Cosmos. <laughs> There's one called Grand Theft Cosmos. It is one I of, love these names. It is one of the best stories. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's in the Eighth Doctor run with the series part of it, and we can't get to it yet. I cannot wait for you guys to listen I've to that. Always, I've heard of Horror of, Glam, Horror of Glam Rock, but I'd never heard of Grand Theft Cosmos. That's great. Max Warp, and I've enjoyed them. I can't really pick a favorite audio out of the Eighth Doctor main range and adventures that I've listened to because there's always something that I that I come away with liking even if the story wasn't exactly what I hoped it exactly liked I hoped it would be. I'll wrap it up here hoping to hear your thoughts and everyone else's Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you Holly. Thank you Holly and thanks for that earworm now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is Rachel. Rachel writes, comment question, hello Vortex Gang. Rachel here, thought I would drop you guys a line before I head off for my weekend away off the grid. Apparently everybody's coming home from work. My sims are coming home from work. We're going to take Glenn off off the grid. (laughs) Let me just say that my inner fangirl has been having squee moments left and right this week. Matt and Jenna are back and filming the Christmas special. Loved seeing pictures of the TARDIS and Clara with what seems to be a Christmas turkey. You have to wonder what the doctor has done that is making Sarah seem, or Clara seem to rush around making sure they have Christmas dinner. Second, the very specials the BBC has planned for November have me really hoping BBC America also airs the specials or that they're all made available on DVD. 
On a side note, I just listened to the podcast 109, where both Glenn and Keith said the BBC wasn't going to release any specials beyond the docudrama and the 50th anniversary episode, but Sean disagreed. <laughs> Sean, gold star to you. Now, wait a minute. She also clarified something this week that I hadn't brought up yet. The fact that I did, in fact, say that Matt should regenerate on the 50th anniversary. I think she heard it wrong. Nope. <laughs> nope. She qualified it. However, she did give you a gold star this week. Because but I got a gold star this week. You did. You did um, prognosticate, prognosticate something that uh, actually came true. So, good for you. There's a pat on the back. Uh, <laughs> I did right. <laughs> and there they were, four white horses. <laughs> oh, the places my mind goes. <laughs> uh, she continues. Third, the anniversary special poster. Holy cow. I know it's not a trailer, but my squee level came close to topping out when it was released. <laughs> I'm having fun watching fans, especially those on Tumblr, analyze the poster, picking out all the little details that they think are hitting, hinting toward what might be included in the plot. Personally, I'm trying to keep an open mind. We all know rule number one is Moffat lies. <laughs> and therefore, everything I read, see, hear, I'm taking with a grain of salt. Here, here. Some may think I'm being a bit pessimistic. No, you're being a Glenn. You're being a grumpy bear. <laughs> That's not grumpy bear. That's just being Glenn. That's being Glenn. I, you know, we coined the phrase "grumpy bear" because of you, though. Yeah, but when I'm grumpy bear, I'm really grumpy bear. I'll, I'll admit when I'm grumpy bear. I'm not grumpy bear all the time. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I'm grumpy bear. You know, I saw. Yeah, I think it was. I, I think it was last week. That, Especially if you disagree with both of us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, that's the key. Because commonly, I'm only disagreeing with John. Yeah, but me. then, if it's both of you, it's grumpy bear. See, you get be- you get the benefit of this because you work with him all week. So when we sat down. I'm purposely in between the two of you, so I'm the buffer for all of the stuff. He's frustrated at you with your work performance, pal. I haven't wanted to tell you this, but instead it all gets directed at me. That's not true, because it all trickles down to me at work. And I get I'm pretty up. grateful for a lot of the stuff he does at work. You are. It makes my job a little easier. I think it was last I week. I think he knows that. I hope he knows that. I do know that. I think it was last week Chrissy had posted on Facebook that she was listening to our podcast, and she had made the comment, Glenn hates everything. I'm listening to Charlie <laughs> the Vortex. Glenn hates everything. And I Did saw you see that, the amendment, though? I saw that post and went, oh, that's an even better episode title than Technical <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Glenn changed it. And then I went and looked it up, and I was like, well, this still says technical difficulties. <laughs> but did you see the amendment after? Did you see the amendment, though? I did. <laughs> no, I just, Glenn hates everything. I can't remember exactly what she posted. And convince, convinces Sean to hate oh, everything. Oh, yeah. And convinces Sean to hate everything. Well, Keith pops popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith pops, I forgot about that, too. Well, Keith pops popcorn. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I'm being pessimistic. I call it being cautious. You can call it being Glenn. So when I see the 50th... I, I like that. I like being cautious. I'm not pessimistic. I'm, I'm just being, cautious. I'm being cautious. So when I see the 50th, I won't have any expectations that could be potentially dashed. I think I was just saying that about I 20 think, minutes ago. I think you were. Fourth... The image of Peter Davison and Sylvester McCoy out of the BBC studio with signs, plus Peter Davison's comment about how he has a copy of the 50th script. I didn't mention it at the time, because I know you guys don't normally talk about rumors, 
But a friend had also saw Peter Davison while he was here for Gen Con and said that Peter mentioned offhand that he had some sort of involvement in the 50th. Mm. My guess is that this is what he was referring to. I know fans are up in arms about the lack of classic doctors in the 50th, and I think that Davison, McCoy, and Colin Baker are taking that and rolling with it, and the end result will be probably a funny skit of some sort that we'll see in November. Well, I think that's it for now. I'll talk to you guys when I'm back on the grid. Rachel. Rachel, I knew there was a reason I liked you. <laughs> P.S. I had a potential... We think alike. We think alike. Good God. <laughs> you know, she's also a huge Disney fan, too. Run away. Run away. <laughs> P.S. I had a potential series segment idea when I was leaving work the other day. I know that you guys have reviewed the Doctor's Revisited specials and talked about the Doctors themselves and companions, but I think it would be fun if you guys did segments about the actors themselves. I know I could easily go online and read wiki entries and bios about each of the men that have played the Doctor, but I thought it would be fun to hear you guys talk about what you know about each actor beyond their time in the TARDIS. I don't know if that's something you'd want to do or the listeners would want to hear, but I thought I'd throw it out there. I'm a bit of a biohistory buff, so I love that sort of thing. PPS. New Harry Potter Universe movie. Yeah, we Squee! Talk about yeah. That. yeah, that's exciting. Um, it's right? uh, let's, based let's, on a book that some character wrote but it, in But J.K.'s pinning it, so I'm, I know, okay but, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you don't like Harry Potter. That's not like the, I do you, you like hate Harry Potter. Potter. I no, you're just care. a Harry Potter hater. <laughs> <laughs> Back to listen. Before we get away from this, I, I think that's a good idea, Rachel. That I, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you say it. That's why I haven't killed you yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce the damn thing. Did you just wish him a vodka fairy? Uh, maybe. <laughs> No thanks, I'm having scotch. Um, In Soviet Russia, vodka <laughs> drinks you. No, 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 no. Before we get away from this, we let's put that on the in the idea pile because we, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to run out of shows to review eventually, and we're going to need more topics I, I for our show to down the line. The now we won't get to that. We won't get down. Well, there. We're not going to run out because they just found ninety well, of them yeah, in Africa. <laughs> so. We're going to get down that road soon, though, Rachel, but it'll be down the road. So uh, that's a great idea. I'm glad that you mentioned it. We'll put that in the uh, – we have an idea box that we, we keep here of, of things that and, – and Sean tends to um, throw the box away every once in a while. We have to refill it. But um, but that, that is a good idea. That's cool. something that we I, can I do. Trip over it. That's one thing that we can do later down the road. Well, when, obviously, we're still trying to get keep through all of the episodes that exist. So. Well, I, was, I, I, I read that, and I thought about it. It was like – I don't know what I know that they've done outside of... I mean, well, okay, Tom Baker, I know he did that one episode of Remington Steel where he played the bad guy. He was the bad guy in that uh, Golden Voyage of Sinbad movie. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Thank you. I was well, really trying to forget that one. It. Now, here's the he thing. He was in well, the Elf King in Dungeons and Dragons. Rachel, we... Uh, we aren't Trump quite as knowledgeable in, as Wiki, <laughs> yeah. But we 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 do like to chime from in an American the standpoint. That we do know about, <laughs> um, so we can certainly do that. Sylvester well, McCoy I, was I, in The Hobbit. I think that yeah, I think that's something we certainly could search out and give. And apparently, it was almost a bomb. I think maybe that might be the way to go. Yeah, exactly. He got beat out by Timothy Dalton. Apparently, um, I think that's a, a route we could go. Though is maybe pick a few of these projects that they have done outside of Who, watch those, and talk about that. And, and Peter Davison was in All Creatures Great and Small, which yeah. I used to watch on BBC uh, on BBC on uh, on uh, PBS. P- thank you yes. on that one. I, I only, maybe I only the... ever caught one episode of that show. Yeah, I didn't watch Back much then, of it, but I've seen more recently. But oh yeah, I, I, I didn't watch much of it, but I did watch it. I think my grandmother watched it quite a bit too. But he that, would probably that, be one of the few ones that's more after. 
than before. But great idea. Great, great idea. idea. That's about my knowledge of what they're doing. And I'm <laughs> as excited about a new Harry Potter, Harry Potter universe movie. We have to say universe to because it. it's 70 years before Harry, but. So, All right. So it's become Star Wars. We're going to do prequels now. <laughs> oh, did you I'm see that? I'm fine with it since JK is pinning it because it's still her idea, her universe. Oh, yeah. George wrote the prequels too, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and In the Darkness is a remake of Rathacon. <laughs> well, did, did, yeah. did you see that the, I knew the non the dark, episode I didn't seven, realize eight, it was nine the are going to be origin stories? I'm sorry, say that one more time. The non seven, eight, nine movies for Star Wars, they've pretty much confirmed that they're going to be origin movies, quote-unquote. Actually, that was uh, debunked as well. Was it a, yeah. debunked again? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see the debunk. Origins somebody, of what? Characters. Somebody made Who cares? It'll be origins of new characters, <laughs> is what they characters. were saying. Yeah, because they pretty much said I saw, you can't invite, I saw you can't invite like, okay, whatever. Luke, Leia, and Han back to do the movies and then do an origin movie. Well, no, no. There was, uh, I I didn't read the article, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just assumed <laughs> it went back to the original... Theory that it was going to be a Boba Fett movie. Oh, that's that, the that's in between still, films. Yeah, and those that's, are that's, still, that's what those, I'm talking about. Yes, those the, are the, still the non seven eight nine movies. Yes. Are oh, be, I didn't hear oh, you say non seven eight nine. Seven, eight, nine. Okay. movies okay. are going to be. I, uh, yeah. I got that, it now. Yes, that, that was also said. That was also said this week is that they were. Yeah, yeah. that those would be origin. Characters. So we're going back to prequels for Star Wars too. <laughs> well, it's not technically prequels. It's kind of like offshoot stories. I don't. It depends on the characters. I okay. Listen and listen well, all of you within the sound of my voice. I don't want a Boba Fett origin. What makes Boba Fett cool is that we don't know anything about him. <laughs> he was never I, cool. If you want to do a Boba Fett movie... Oh, Boba Fett was cool until in Empire Strikes Clones. Back. Yeah. Well, even in... That's the only time he's cool. Return of the you, you want to do cool a Boba too. Fett even movie, with punk. His, even with his poor dispatch. He goes yeah. out as a punk. Do he's a Boba a Fett movie. Just do a standalone Boba Fett hunting some guy down movie. Fine. Fantastic. Bring it on. I don't want to know otherwise. Okay, I've said it. Chrissy writes, <laughs> Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That was her, uh, what do you call that line? Subject line. Subject line. I, don't, I can't remember subject line. Dear Vortex Boys, Prisoners of Time number eight. Grace, yay! <laughs> that was my first reaction to reading this comic. Yes. I know, we got the news months ago and great, that Grace Holloway would be in an installment of Prisoners of Time, but it was also so, so, so cool to actually see it happen. Eight has had so many different companions in the novels and audios, but it's good to see him and Grace back together. And the story is quite good, too. Oh, boy. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like something Big Finish would do. A medieval peasant society living alongside a more advanced alien race that takes the peasant children at random for their own nefarious purposes. And I love alien races that take peasant. Wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the Grace. <laughs> sorry, let's get back up the line. And I love that Grace hijacks one of the overseer's crafts. It seems like something she'd do. Grace had some fantastic moments in this. Then it was a bit of a surprise, considering the doctor hasn't... I can see Sean's reactions over here. Sorry. Considering the doctor hasn't interfaced much with the shadowy character who's been kidnapping all the companions, and while we get this moment at the end, we still don't know very much about him. And it lets the overarching plot move forward, and that's pretty good. All in all, this was a very fun story and an enjoyable read. Now my question is this. If IDW could get the rights to Grace, will Big Finish get them soon too? 
Or was that just something IDW wanted to do since their Doctor Who contract was up and they decided to do whatever they wanted since they were losing the license? <laughs> I'm curious about how this whole thing happened, but that's another topic. For that would be day. a really interesting That's going to be a topic for when we discuss this comic book because I'm going to bring that up as well. Uh, what are they going to do? Take her licensing away? Screw it. Put Grace in there. <laughs> Destiny the Doctors, Alien, or excuse me, Enemy Aliens. I'm so used to India Fisher playing Charlie in the audios that it's strange to hear her adopt a more level tone as the narrator. I thought so, too. I probably feel this way because I've heard all the other companion actors who've done these audios in interviews and DVD commentaries, which aren't actually acting their parts. I think that sentence makes sense. Having said that, I thought she did a great job going between all the different characters she's voicing plus narrating the story. As far as the story goes, I like how this one gets set in motion by the 11th Doctor's message in time, sort of like the Space Buffalo episode. Unlike Space Buffalo, this story is actually pretty good. Well, I liked it anyway. There's some mystery with the original message getting scrambled a bit, so it's more of a role in the story, and I like that a lot. It adds to the overall story arc that's going on in these audios, which is always a good thing. Also, this is probably the first time I've heard the entire big finish 8th Doctor theme tune. There's a big swooping sound at the beginning of the theme tune in this audio that I've never heard before. Just making a note of that. (laughs) 8th Doctor retrospective. Does the 8th Doctor really have such an era as such? Excuse me, I read that wrong. Does the 8th Doctor have an era as such? I mean, he was on TV for that one night in 1996... But he's had tons of the novels and comics and audios, and the audios are still ongoing. So it's hard to pin down just one era for him. For my part, I love the Eighth Doctor. Because he's been in so many different media, it seems like he gets to encompass all the other versions of the Doctor that came before him, but he's still his own unique personality. Like all the other Doctors blended together to create a balanced persona, and the result was Eight. I mentioned this a little in my Eight Doctor... 8th Doctor reviews for my library in the TARDIS posts, but I would love to see them bring back Paul McGann in a short spin-off TV miniseries. Here's the post that I mentioned briefly at the end. I'm copying now because I might forget. (laughs) I don't want it to supplement the main show, but just a five or so episode flashback type special just to give 8 a few more TV stories. Maybe have Mark Gaddis or Paul Cornell or even Nicholas Briggs write it. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Well, they all listen to the show, Chrissy, so they might pick up on that. Hopefully. The more I listen to the Big Finish audios especially, the more I, ha- more I hate the fact that Paul McGann only got one TV story. He's just so darn good. I don't know, what ha- I don't know how they would go about making an 8th Doctor miniseries for TV if the BBC would even be open for doing something like that. But it's something somebody ought to look into if they haven't already. Or maybe I'm just being the petulant fangirl and wishing for something uh, that's that, that there wouldn't be a real interest in anyway. Either way, I want more Eighth Doctor. Maybe I should just read the books and be happy with that. <laughs> All right, I'm done for another week. Have a good, good one, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Chrissy. P.S. Keith. What do you have against Napoleon Dynamite? I love Napoleon Dynamite. Granted, it's full of a lot of humor that's unique to the Intermountain West, and it's considered a hometown cult classic in Utah and Idaho, but it's just a lot of fun. Oh, well. 
To each their own. It's not for me, not my kind of humor. That's all it is to it. Grissy, I liked it. It's not for you. It's not for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't link it in there with Flash Gordon like you had said last week, but I I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I don't know if I'd go that far. It was funny. Funny as hell. Funny and great movie do not include the same thing. <laughs> it was funny as hell. <laughs> well, enjoying it with a lot of people and enjoying a movie is not the same either. <laughs> I never said it was. I just said oh, it was. that was that was, that was I, I, right. I, I watched it when I had a lot of people around and actually may have been a little tipsy because we were having a Christmas party at the time when we when we brought that one home. Let's bounce through these because we're and gonna, really enjoyed. We've it, got a lot to do, but I wouldn't have a half hour it. to do them because we're at two thirty right now. Well, you've been talking too much, Ooh, Grumpy geez. Bear. What do we want to start with? Audio. Yep. All right. Enemy aliens. Nineteen thirty-five. A message from a time lord in trouble sends the Eighth Doctor and Charlotte Charlie Pollard to the streets of London's West End in search of a mysterious alien adversary, unaware that something monstrous is already on their trail. Dun dun dun! Oh, I was hoping that you weren't over there queuing up the uh, no prices light <laughs> prices light prices right. Uh, the Lords of Lighthorn. <laughs> no, I liked this one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one as well. Um, not as good as Shockwave, but a very enjoyable story. It's a nice return from Space Buffalo. <laughs> it was a nice return from Space Buffalo. Um, no, uh, I guess I guess we, did we had Shockwave between. between. Yeah. Oh, Shockwave was still fantastic. I mean that, that that was above and beyond this one even, but this was an enjoyable story, and I thought India Fisher did a fantastic job. With the exception, as I think I'm coming down on the side that I just didn't like her Eighth Doctor. I don't think the uh, some, some, inflections. Were, sometimes were it was right. Sometimes it wasn't. He seemed he seemed a little grumpy bear when she did it, and I did, <laughs> well, I've, and I've th- never thought that he. With the exception of a few times when it's appropriate, yeah, I've never. He's never that negative throughout an audio. Now, he's not written negatively, but the way that she somehow does the 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 in the intonation is comes across. Negative. So that's what I. That's, I that's really okay. the only thing I argue against this. I, I well, enjoyed I, I, the story. I have a big problem with the end I, of it. I love the. Well, okay. There's the, a doctor I, at the end of it. I love the. I love the intrigue. I like the 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 mystery that's going on here. I like the way they build this story. I didn't know this guy was crooked all the way from the beginning. I do like the fact that it ends up being this like Nazi spy game that's going on here. <laughs> That was cool. I like the turn of events that the I old ladies very, really aren't part of this spy network. They're actually playing for the good guys. Um, I thought it was very Eighth Doctor of him down in the pit trying to save him and being oblivious to everything else going on around I think the Eighth Doctor is written very Eighth Doctor. I just yes. didn't prefer her performance. Anymore. Except I don't know if I agree with the, even the Eighth Doctor standing back and letting her just attack and try to kill what's-his-face. At the end, of him just being like, "Go get him, sick him, Charlie." But sick it wasn't. Him. It wasn't. Yeah, it came across as uh, if she knew that he was a threat, as far as death to him, she wouldn't have let him. She, she or he wouldn't have let her. But I think it I was think more of a. Charlie I think he well gets he gets his comeuppings now, and I think that 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 was more of a. I, I don't know. Sick I, just, I, I think that I was fine I with that because I didn't, of that. I didn't like that part. That was the only part I really didn't like about the story, other than the kind of. 
Well, no, that, that was pretty much the only thing I didn't like about this. The other thing that I find is a lot of times in these stories we find the eighth or the eighth the doctor himself being kind of put off on other tangents or other areas or something else is happening to the doctor so that we can focus on the companion, which makes sense because the companion is or oh. the, the the actress or actor yeah. is, is the one telling the story. And so we tend to try to focus around the companion a little more. And this one seemed to really put the doctor in these off situations. Oh, he's gone so, for a yeah, large section of but it. But it works really, really well in the way they to do it. And I love the fact that they keep being separated and coming together in these ways that you just really... They're, they're really kind of serendipitous. You know what I mean? It's really the way that it feels. Is Every time that they come back together, it's really this like serendipitous re-meeting of each other. And it's like... Wow, how did you get here? Well, this is because his events went this way and her events yeah. went this way, and they have kind of intersected, and it's almost like they're meant to be together at these certain points. She, so I thought that was enjoyable. When she was on the train looking for some place to hide, and she, she saw the <laughs> and coffin. And he's in the coffin. And, and I thought to myself, the doctor's probably in the coffin. <laughs> I mean, that, that's where I'd hide if I was. That, that's totally a doctor. Plays, and the lid opens up, and he, he does the Frankenstein yeah. origin. Yeah. Oh, he is in the coffin. <laughs> I mean, just... So leaping from the train was a bit abrupt, but I liked that. I mean, it, it made sense for what he needed to do to yeah. kind of distract them and, and and basically take the heat or attention off of Charlie at that point. But which and I, I think Charlie is one of the great characters that can truly carry a story by herself. I would listen to some Charlie Adventures if it was just her. But I think this was a good representation of, of Charlie also for those who maybe haven't listened to Big Finished and this is their first introduction to Charlie. See, and there, there's one other problem that I have with this. Is, is it was enjoyable for me who has listened to Big Finish and is familiar to Charlie, but if you're marketing this thing to bring people that are not necessarily Big Finish listeners, it was very heavy-handed with a lot of Charlie's background without explaining a lot of See, Charlie's thought, background. Right, maybe, there maybe were, because there I were these, background. There, were, there were these like heavy mentions. Well, that's just it. I, I think I tried to go into this with a... If I were a fan that came to this and hadn't listened to any Dave Doctor Adventures with Big Finish and decided, hey, there's these audio adventures here... I felt like they kept dropping a lot of Charlie's past in there without really explaining for the new listener as to what her background really truly was. See, I felt and so like I they had a problem enough, with that. But gave enough to also intrigue you to, oh, I wonder what that was. Well, I, 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 could, I guess I I'm, I'm coming from a marketing perspective that I was, I was shocked that they used Charlie in the first place. This really needed to be a great story if you're coming from that perspective trying to hook people that are just really television fans and they thought well you know there's these audios because all the other audios follow right in suit to i mean you could you could make all of the past audios be television adventures because you've got the com- the companions are very familiar to the people that just watch the tv series then you bring india fisher in who did a fantastic job and it's a wonderful story but if you're bringing those fans in and then suddenly you've thrown at them a exclusively eighth dot and i'm sure they were tied based on some sort of rights but when you just exclusively throw them a or i'm sorry you throw them an exclusive big finish audio companion I just felt that they didn't give me enough backstory to hook me into wanting to go listen to some more Paul McGann stories or to find out who this this uh, Charlie Pollard really was. I just felt they fell down there. Now, I enjoyed it because I knew. Because you know who she I is. knew who she was. I knew the backstory. So I was squeeing at the moments when they talked about the uh, the uh, the airship, the R101. R101. Uh, you know, all of the little things that she had talked about having gone through with the Doctor. 
which I get the impression this is before the Divergent Universe. This is placed yeah. early on yeah. in Charlie's story. But I just, I, I like those. Those were little moments for me going, ooh, yeah, I know about this. You know, it was little hints to me. But I, I did have to, like, take the other side of that and look at it as, you know, if I were coming to this having not known any of Charlie's backstory, there wasn't enough there for me for this to be standalone for as far as what she was talking about and go, oh, okay, that 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 makes sense. I can see that she was clearly had this in her past and whatnot. They just they didn't they didn't do it enough for me. But I can see that, but I don't think Grace would have worked. Well, either. I don't think you could have done Grace in this not story. In this story. I think this was solely written around Charlie and done oh, a well, yes. and they did a well job, don't get, or a good job, don't get me wrong. But I think that they, from the perspective of trying to sell this to people that have never listened to the audio, I, I, I can see what you're saying from a, this, a it, it needed to be more. Yeah, I'm always looking at things as that. That's probably my downfall is I'm always trying to look at things of how to build more fans into Doctor Who, and if you if you make one misstep in one area. Then it's more of a turn off than it is a turn on, and I, that's why sometimes I go to these things and I say, from a, from a fan perspective, from from a looking at from like a new who perspective, from looking at it from a a classic viewer perspective, from looking at it you know from exclusively from different directions. I think maybe in the back of my head, I'm always trying to figure out how do you hook new people into this series and what's the best way to do it. And I think this was a poor way to do it. I think. I can understand that. I think if, if you look at something like you, you, you have to toe the line when you do these things. Like you go into the first X Files movie, and it's a continuation. It it it, it ha- it's set right after the fifth season. So if you've been watching and you've got five years under your belt, and then you go to the movie, you are instinctively sitting there waiting for the cringe moment, which is the. We're going to stop everything we're doing, and we're going to explain to you as succinctly we can who these people are, why you should care, and why you spent $8 to come see them on the big screen. (laughs) And then we're going to move on. And you can only hope that, that, as a fan, you can only hope that that moment comes and is done in such a way that you're okay with it. And whether it's X-Files or Star Trek or whatever, that you, you you just know that that moment's coming. And I think with this one, I thought they did a very fine job of giving us the info dump information for Charlie's I was supposed to have died on the R101, and, well, maybe I shouldn't be telling you this. And, you know, the the way that that was kind of parceled out throughout the adventure to kind of fill in the, the, the backstory. Um, and I thought very well written, too. I, I loved the cadence of uh, the, the writing and the way that India the delivered it. The cadence was well, uh, well, well done, was, yes. You know, there were a lot of... Uh, not necessarily alliteration, but a lot of, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but I, hearing her read this, it sounded like something that I would write. <laughs> this is what my writing reminds me of when I'm hearing it in my head, is, I, is what I'm trying to say. That, that I, think, I think that also is another problem I had with a story, is because I know Charlie as well as I do, it seemed very out of character to her to spill her guts the way she did. Yeah, in, in in a way, but at the same time, it's like for for a new listener that was necessary. Yeah, that that's that's kind but of that moment. It felt out of character, unless this is very 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 early that on. That makes in sense. Her that makes sense. So, but there, there was that. I thought I loved the, the story arc itself. I thought it was really well done. I loved the fact that there were Nazis, and that this wasn't just a plot. And then I loved the twist that we got. That no, there were actually some aliens here. That it's not just the spy ring. Which you kind of 
when when they're doing the big spot reveal, you almost kind of forget that very, you know, fantastically well done opening bit about the four lads who ran off into the night and only one made it and he's now insane. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> just wow, that's a, that's a good open. You know, you hooked me with that. So I, I like the fact that they managed to toe the line between both of those both of those worlds and give us an adventure that fit. And that it wasn't just a... Because I was really worried that it was just going to be forsaking one for the sake of the other. And that it wasn't going to work. I, I think it does. I think but it, it does. I think it fits well. And I think it fits well in the universe that's established. So, I, I agree. And I enjoyed it because yeah. of that, for that same reason. Um, I liked her I liked her inflections. Um, I, again, not necessarily perfect. Not spot on. But I, I thought there was enough of the tonal qualities of, of the way Paul plays the Doctor. But, again, that's coming at it from somebody who knows what to expect. If I came into this without any knowledge of who Paul McGann was, you're right, I would probably think he was a little well, older and a little grumpy. I would expect you'd come with the movie Paul, and if you came with movie Paul, you wouldn't have gotten Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten yeah, the same, same, same thing. Can I, can I say that, interestingly enough, this is this seems strange because she's worked with Paul so much and knows his doctor. She was a spot on eleventh doctor when she's doing the everybody, audio. Yes, everybody has done a fantastic job. Is that some whoever's <laughs> writing the overall arc? Is, I think it has to be writing the the the, the his lines because it's been. The, the the inflection and the way he speak they have each actor speak every story doesn't but matter. is that solely because it's written in such a way that's easy to do or is it because they're very familiar because they all have been watching Matt Smith most it, recently it could be both because India I, hasn't done a eighth Doctor story for a long time so she's a bit removed but maybe uh, she's more true. fresh in her mind with the that's, eleventh that's Doctor that's very possible I don't know how big of um, viewers Richard. Franklin are, but it gives me an impression that they they must have maybe, maybe they've prepared themselves by watching an episode and getting a feel of Matt Smith yeah. at the very know. least. But everyone's done a fantastic job. Everybody's done a fantastic job. But yeah, she. There's never every, a question of which who's talking when it's exactly the every time the eleventh Doctor is in one of these stories, it's no question that it's the eleventh Doctor. And, and and going back to the grumpiness during that part, though, that's totally how. The eighth doctor would have—he would have been petulant about it. It's like, oh, great! I've got voicemail. I've got you know. It's I agree one, there. One of my former. <laughs> I agree there, and, and that's one of those. And so he plays it. See, I told you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's one bit. of those times that I think that that that, that that's a true char- character of that doctor of the eighth doctor at that point. Yeah. But there are other points where she just—it's—it's it's very. So, yeah. Some some of the later bits when they're on the run mm-hmm. and they're going. Some, and some he of, should yeah, be that more. Enjoying the adventure, and he doesn't seem to be. And, and that eighth Doctor always seems to be enjoying the adventure. You know what I mean? That I, I can agree with. Okay. But but a, a terrific story. I mean, it, it's really well written. It's it doesn't leave any loose ends. It um, I can I can see Keith's issue with the end, but I I still step back to the the, the eighth Doctor wouldn't let Charlie do anything that Charlie. Charlie couldn't have been too vicious, and so it was more of a just kind of sicking him on him for what he deserved well, he, at that he, point. Even if the doctor had said, sick him, Charlie, and she'd said, sick him, boy, 
I don't think either of them would have imagined that this thing would have lunged and I didn't gone just, over I, I the rail. As soon as they, I don't know. I just either he was going to be ripped to shreds or they're well, going off the roof. No, see, those were the only two options I saw. I think, I heard. I think I, that's. I, I imagine. I think that's the it. point, though. I think Sean's right. Is I don't think that he saw ha- what was ha- going to happen ultimately happen, and so mm-hmm. that might have been part of the reason why he sick the now, it, alien thing. On it, it, it did. I mean. Okay, we saved the guy, <laughs> but we lost the alien. Which well, yeah, that was my thought too. That, that, that kind of sucked. that was even more so of, yeah. of a, a surprise is the fact that that yeah. I mean, it, it, I keep thinking of it as a dog, but yeah, well, it's, well, essentially you know, it was. Yeah, and that, that's an a, that's dog. the interesting bit of this is so. We, I mean, it, it it created this nice little okay. We wrapped up that particular story arc in a nice, neat bow because now we don't have this thing roaming around on Earth to deal with, and we're not going to have to take it back and deal with it. And it's just okay. It's done. I almost thought they were going to go with another Ramsey. Well, and, and that that lends to your surprise about it because of the fact that even when Ramsey was being so vicious and violent, the Doctor still had a lot of compassion. For yeah, but then. On the flip side of that, there's this old adage. I think it's, I think it's Shane. The movie? Yeah. Come back, Shane. Shane. Is there a dog Shane, and Shane? come back. I don't remember. I just remember the kid. There's, a, there, there's, there's an old Shane Western. And this, this is kind of one of those movie tropes, but it all very true with American stories as well. But there's this old Western, and you've watched... Uh, the body count is enormous. People die. Bam, bam, bam. The bad guys are shooting everybody up. The town's being shot up. The good guy comes out, gets shot up. And it, it, you just kind of sit there, and it, it, it just washes over you. And then there's a moment where the villain shoots the dog. And there's an audible, <gasps> from the audience. Because suddenly this dog's life has been given more value than all of the human lives that yeah. have been wasted in this film. <laughs> I don't think it was Shane. And it, it, it's maybe it's not Shane, but it's it's one of those. Um, I don't remember a dog and Shane. Of course, well, it's been a few years since I've seen. Yeah, Shane. I am. So maybe it's not Shane. But anyway, th- that's almost kind of the reaction you got to this. That it didn't matter that we've killed these four youth or these three youths and left one insane at the beginning of the book. Uh, suddenly, the story, we've killed the dog. That we've got the the spy things. That we've got this going on, and that all. All of these people have, you know, the bad things that we shot William Tell on stage for Pete's sake. And all of this uh, happened oh, yeah. with very little reaction. But then all of a sudden, the dog-like creature goes over the edge. And it's <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe that they did you that. And the doctor's being horrible. So maybe that ties into that. I don't know. I but I, I just, I, I think it's an interesting psychological thing that they did to us. Because I agree with you. I, I had, I don't think it was intended that way. And again, maybe these are my rose-colored glasses coming out, and I'm always trying to defend the doctor. But I, I don't think it was intended that he—I don't think he actively thought this is going to wrap up my problem in a nice, neat little bow. We'll kill the monster, but ultimately it did happen. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I feel about that. And then the doctor was like, "Oh, Charlie, come and see, come and look." And he was very joyful about it. And she was like, "No, I don't want to come look." And the guy's hanging there, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of that joke moment at the yes. end of the. Yeah. And I didn't get that reaction from it. So I kind of side with you, Keith, on this one because that part of it... I, it does leave it kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And then we fly off and, you know, everything's happy again. That's kind of like, uh, okay. It almost feels like that is added in to lift the 
weightiness of what has just happened too. Maybe Did you get the impression yeah. that maybe that was like added. It could be. Well, the, of, the hanging on at the end. Yeah, of the, like the, the, like that yeah. perhaps the the writer went. Uh, maybe that was a little bit too heavy. Uh, maybe handed. Should, maybe yeah. I should lighten it up a little I bit. See, I could see that. Show much. you that that he's not. But at the same time, if you're going to, if if the if the dramatic ending of your piece has your characters on a rooftop, <laughs> somebody's going over the edge. That's good point. That's the only that's way to end point. it. There's a gun in Act One. It's got to be fired before the end of Act Two. It's one of those rules. Anything else about the story? No, enjoyable story. Um, not as good as some, but better than others, in my opinion. I would agree. I would put it in the in the top ranks of the ones we've listened to. I, third. Mean, I think I'd mark it third or third or maybe fourth. I'd probably put fourth. What's your number one again? My number one is still Battlesphere. And my second is Shockwave. Shockwave too. I think I would put this. I would this definitely would be under those two. Um, yeah, I think I'd I think agree I come it. down on the second Doctor story, maybe even higher than this one. Just part of that's because of the performance. Just we talked because, about that yeah. last week. <laughs> we talk about it every time. As we talk about it every time we do one of these, yeah. it's so... Fraser Hines was so good. <laughs> as the second Doctor. He was also good as Jamie, but he was really, really good as the second And good as the narrator. Yeah. And Zoe, really, I thought. No, see, that was the only one that I had trouble with. <laughs> I could still tell it was Zoe. I could I'm, tell it was Joey. Joey. I can't Zoe. talk tonight. Yeah, what's this? Scotch. I don't even know the drink. No, I really could tell it was Zoe, but I just... It wasn't quite there for me. But, yeah, just phenomenal for everybody else. <laughs> now I'm going back. And then there was that part in the second Doctor story that was just phenomenal. I'm going back and reviewing the second Doctor story. Do, do, do you remember when <laughs> this happened? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. All right, well, let's move on to the comic book. Prisoners of Time. Give us snubs. No. We haven't had those for any of these. We haven't had those for any of them? Nope. Why, do you have a synopsis? No. No. I don't have a synopsis. I thought maybe you had a, a synopsis. He's Googling <laughs> What? He's Googling pictures of Benton. Yeah, I am so Googling that. pictures of Benton. I think he's trying to find which picture he's going to have Ian Levy. Uh, yeah, I am. So no synopsis? No synopsis. Okay, then. I was trying to decide how strongly I wanted to go with it, and it wasn't really up until that moment when you said, I thought you were looking up the horn over there for the other Because <laughs> you knew that's where I came down. That I thought to myself, yeah, that's really where I do come down on this comic. Okay, where to start? The Pizza Moon? I, I, think, that's, I think that's a little rough, but I wouldn't have given it a dun-dun-dun at all. Here, yeah. here, here, here's, I, 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 I will freely admit that part of the problem may be mine, because... I was so hyped and looking forward to the Ace Doctor you comic. Got, you got Glenn syndrome. On I got one. Glenn syndrome. Got, I didn't allow myself. I expected too yeah. much. Your I, expectations I, I should have had shot way up here, and then you went <laughs> no, because that's one of my faults. Because as much of a pessimist as I am, I set my expectations too high when I go into certain media, especially when it's media that I enjoy or media that I think is going to be phenomenal. And then I set my expectations so high that it's it's an even further fall when it's I mean even if it's when it's a decent story I've set it so high that I fall to that decent level that I feel like it's tragic that it has that it's it's bad. I think it's a decent story. I think you go I think, first then because I'm going to pick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let pick me it start apart. by saying the premise is intriguing. Of the alien no. planet stuff. The premise of the whole story no. is intriguing. It's not good. No. It's go intriguing. First. <laughs> I, I, 
I was it, 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 it felt very rushed, but I was okay with the doctor lands on a planet. Oh, they're taking our children away. Well, that's not that doesn't seem right. Trope. It's a, it's a trope, yes. But when doesn't Doctor Who have tropes? I mean, no, I know, but <laughs> it's I expect tropes. No, from I'm Doctor sorry. Who. The resolution is intriguing. That's what I meant. Not the not the. See, <laughs> I didn't like the idea of the Doctor was just not the like premise. I'm gonna scratch you and then tell everyone what happened, and that makes them just go away. It didn't. It didn't feel like the weight. Of actually, what was going on? Well, I, was that, part of the re- that's the resolution. only thing that worked for me. I thought well, was I was grateful. Doctor, I was the, grateful that he had a reason to run these guys off. Well, I, I I I was glad he had a reason. I think the fact that they ran off so easily, I felt, was just just way too. Oh wait, we're getting near the end of our pages. We gotta mm, okay. Um, really. I, so I, I was I was okay with the most of the ending of this is what I didn't have a problem with. But go ahead, go ahead. Another thing, uh, well, it's an okay story. It's don't backpedal now. You like to go. It, it's, it's filled with tropes, and I'm okay with that. They're taking the children. Oh yes. Really, and the thing I'm probably going to come down on that you guys might not is. I think Grace needs to stick to just the movie. That was another thing that I set my expectations way too high for. See, it, she... She's, oh, I don't know if I want to go to you. Oh, I'm getting... Which the, the introduction was going to all the different planets. I thought was kind of cool. Of him going, okay, look at all these cool, peaceful places we could go. And her getting space sick. I'm like, okay, take me home. And he doesn't. That seemed very grace to me. I yes. will give you that. And she seems very grace to the entire time, and that's why that does, yes. she's great as a companion in the movie. But I don't think she would make a good companion on the TARDIS. It's not in her character. Sean doesn't agree. I don't agree with you either. I, I think she could be fantastic in the right story. They, they would have to completely change her character. Why? Why would they not have to change her character? She's I'm not, waiting. She's not made for... She says so in the story. She's not made for the all the adventure, all the hubbub. She went into it, but she can't ha- truly handle it. It's an excuse. It's an excuse not to be able to use her in further stories. I, it felt very in character for her. She felt... I thought she felt out of place through most of the adventure. That yeah, I'll agree that with. That I'll agree with you, she, too. She, <laughs> she is grace and being resistance... And then they land, and then she's not Grace anymore. And then the, here's she takes the problem. Off the thing. Here's the problem with that, Keith. Is I is, just don't. She's she, not Grace if she's off doing these other. Things. If Grace had not encountered the end part of the film, had the end part of the film happened where she entered the TARDIS, where she became the heroine that she became, had she not died, had she not saved the Doctor initially, had she been the Grace up until there. This Grace would have fit in her character. But Grace, at some point in that movie, changes. She becomes a different person. Even though she decides not to leave with him and go on adventures with him, it's more of a Donald Noble thing to me, where she's just not quite ready for it. But at the point mm-hmm. that she finally does go with him, I didn't think and I think that she even, would have been fine even at the end of that film going on with him and having adventures. The problem is we get the Grace from the first third or at two-thirds of the movie. That's how they wrote her the entire time. Exactly, and that's a problem because she should have grown past the point in the movie 
where everything happens and she becomes really the hero of the film. And so suddenly we're getting the grace that goes back to the beginning of this movie. And that's what I have the biggest problem about. Is grace is not the grace that evolves in the film. Grace is not where she comes from from beginning to end. We don't pick up with that grace. And we should have. We should have picked up with a different grace. But we're getting that same grace who is a bit flaky, is a bit unsure of herself, is a bit questionable. She's not that brave soul that could take on anything and hotwire the TARDIS for crying out loud. Yeah. We don't have that grace in this story. And that's what's the problem with this story. Yeah. I, that's I, what's the problem with this story. Okay. I, I would give you that the way it's written. Because reading this, I didn't remember the last part of the movie. I remembered the, the first part. <laughs> you have been further removed. It has been further removed since I've seen it. So that's why I thought she didn't fit for the story. Because it was that first part that you talked about. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing you probably remember the most because it is two thirds of the movie. Most that's of the her movie. being very resistant to what's going yeah. on, and and just kind of she's she in this is to me she's the grace that got on the back of that motorcycle and went all the way to the to the uh, um, the clock. It's that very okay. I'm just kind of going along for the ride. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with what's going on here. I'm gonna kind of you know play along with what's going on here, but it's not that really strong character that we finally get at the end of the movie that we should have just kind of gone on from there. And maybe that's maybe that's the bigger problem of this story is it's a rehashing of the character as opposed to continuing the growing character. Growing the character, yeah. Um, I'm going to start... So, out. I, so now I can't... I, I, I don't know if... Okay. I, I have no, to, now I've made somebody else hate something. No, no. I, I, <laughs> now I have to go back and say I don't. Now I'm not sure about Grace as a companion. If she's not written this way, she'd probably make a pretty good companion. Agreed. <laughs> if she's not written the way she is in this, yes. she would. Make as a of fantastic this, she's companion. a terrible companion. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think she, Grace in this is way too flaky. She's way too flaky. She's not the strong companion that she should be. It's almost like the attempt for her to be the strong companion later, but it does, it's it's far too late, and it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Um, Even after she steals the... I gotta throw in. this out first, because this is... This shouldn't be an issue for me. But this... The artwork in this, I know we've been trying not to dog on the artwork because of the fact, but when the artwork becomes distracting from the story, then it's wrong. It's wrong. This artwork reminds me of Sunday Funnies. And I'm not talking about Brenda Starr and Dick Tracy. I'm talking about Hagar the Horrible and Peanuts. It's that kind. And there's nothing wrong with Hagar the Horrible and Peanuts, but that's because there are three panel strips. They are, yeah, it. It's Hagger. It is. It's Hag- It's it. They are three panel strips, and that's the problem with this: is that the artwork feels a little bit grew the wanderer, but grew the wanderer had better better storylines. So you're almost forgiving for that Sunday morning comic art in those stories. This just it it. You're establishing this universe in which you've got this serious story going on, and you don't have the comic book. Or the, the the Sunday morning comics feel to it, but you have the Sunday morning comics artwork to it, and God bless that artist for taking whatever artistic approach he wanted to take on it. I, I don't think he took that it much of an artistic work. approach, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, work. It, it, it's too simplistic. It's too I remember whimsical. I've seen online. It's very much what I've seen of Eighth Doctor comics. What they look like. Mm. 
No, not at all. No, I, I, I could have sworn I no, said so. No, 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 because I've I've read eight Doctor comics from the the ones that have appeared in Doctor Who Weekly or Doctor Who Monthly. Uh, I've read the the compilation, some of not all, but some of the compilations um, up to certain periods, and they're not. There, it is not that comic booky or that. Uh, excuse me, I'm saying comic booky. It's not comic booky. It's, it's cartoony. It's cartoony. It's it. No, I'm sorry. It is not. It's not? Okay. I um, thought I had seen some somewhere that it looked like that. No, and uh, if it's, that's what they were attempting to achieve, was that see, look? See, it almost that's it been looks like, I don't know previous? where this came from. That's very, I think, very... No, 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 see, that's, that, no, that's, that's, that's not, that's not what that's we're That's not an actual... That's, that is a spoof comic oh, there is okay. what that is, yeah, so... And maybe I've only seen the spoof comics. No, no, no. Um... I think the story's weak. There's a trope. Now, when I said that the the premise is intriguing, that's not right. I did like the fact that we have these aliens. I didn't like it, but I mean, the, the premise of the fact that we have these aliens that are using, basically using kids to extend them their lives. To, to to you know to to be be immortal to to heal themselves I think that's that was an interesting premise I just don't think they really got there with it is the problem I don't think it hits home I don't think it they were really too busy having grace it's like flaky to that's give just it. it we have this really light story going on through this to have this really heavy idea at the end it's like we drop this 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 big a bomb on you at the end. We've been all fun and light and whimsical and weird and, and flaky all through the story until the end, and then we drop this really heavy bomb on you, but then we don't really go anywhere with it because, yeah, he does dispatch the aliens ev- uh, easily, but I do like that because, to me, that's in, very much in character of the Eighth Doctor. So that's the one thing that I like is the fact that he, that, you know, he, he references the scratch, and that's how he figures out what's going on, and then... Saying that he's going to kind of reveal this, and 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 it, once the the uh, peasants rise up against them, they would have no defense because any little scratch would be you know detrimental to them. Yeah, I'd run if I realized that. Yeah. Absolutely, that would be. Oh yeah, we I guess I'd just rather find see the peasants start to rise up. Well, instead of just the threat I don't of think them it doing need, it. I don't think it needed to. I think the threat was sufficient enough for these people who have a really, really severe weakness, and I think they drove that home. Um, that's the only redeeming quality of this, though. Uh, the, the story is really kind of flighty throughout the whole thing. Um, I, I don't Much feel like invested in any of the characters, even the kids that are going to be taken, because until they're taken, you don't feel any remorse for these kids yet at all and so th- that's a problem and that's really late in the game it's not until we have this whole exposition from the parents as to what's going on here as and until finally they come to take them away and that seems very sudden and abrupt and i realize it's a comic book and it has to be done that way but it really felt obvious and so that i had a problem with that as well so most of this story I don't like. The end, the dispatching, and the idea of why they're doing what they're doing makes sense, and that was the only slightly redeeming quality. But that's where I fall down on this. Is it's just not. It's not good. It's not the best part of this whole thing. Not to mention, we've been so heavy relying or, or heavy dropping who this mysterious uh, person is, and then suddenly we get way far away from that again. And we just well, have... we got decently far away from it last week, didn't we? Well, 
Or last month. Well, I guess we kind of did. And I think that's where, I, I think I had a problem with that as well, as it seemed like we were evolving this storyline and making it broader, and then suddenly we're de-evolving again so that we have something to reveal later on down in the line. I yeah, think that's but, what's but the ironic thing was I think you had a problem with the sixth one because it would help too heavily with the overall story instead of the main story. Uh, no, it, yes, yeah, well, it wasn't so much that, no, 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 I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there, but that's just it, is if you're going to go that direction, don't start backing up and doing your stories in such a way that, I mean, if you're going to broaden that much, don't start to squeeze it down again because you feel like you're giving too much away before we get to the end of this run. So that, yes, I have a problem with that because... If we would have stayed consistent through all of the well, stories, they, do, they have needed to stay consistent. That's my problem yes. with it. That's and why problem, six. That's the, why the, I had a problem with that in six. Is because there wasn't consistency. I okay, think that's so more the now problem. six six has finally widened that up, and we're starting to focus on the story of think, what's going I think on six here. Six is more the problem than eight. Well, but we're starting to broaden that out. But that's and then the suddenly on seven we start to squeeze that down, and eight we felt like we squeezed it down even more and didn't touch on it hardly at all. That's the problem I have with it is we're not being consistent. That's so a bigger problem with not the art than you can blame for the Well, I, no, I'll, I'll concur with that. You're right. Uh, that, and it's not fair to point that to this particular issue, but it's a problem with the story overall. So. Yes. I'm done, Sean. Go ahead. Tear it apart. Sick him. <laughs> Knock him off the roof. Starting with the cover. We've had that before, Sean. Yeah, that's not the first You can't instance. do that. You Celestial can't, Toy you, Maker's you cannot, not in this. You can't no, it doesn't do that. matter. But we've had Cybermen on an issue that didn't have Cybermen in it. We've had uh, Daleks, I, I, I think, like on an episode. Either. Well, yeah. no, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. You can't trust the covers, um, period. Any comic book, you I, can't I, trust the covers. I kind of, sort of, liked Grace's intro. Kind of. I liked the fact that she was back working as a doctor and had reestablished herself and was not skittish and weird and, you know, that she was competent because she was the premier heart surgeon in San Francisco in the movie. Yeah, she killed a guy, but that wasn't her fault. He had two hearts. <laughs> he okay. Two hearts. Not her fault. I like the fact that her coworkers talking about this bad relationship breakup, and she's like, "Ouch, I've been there." I, you know, she, they're, they're 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 very nicely encapsulating everything that happened in the movie. We'll get a little radio report of, "Oh, the atomic clock is finally ready to be." Okay, yeah, I do that, like that, the, that's the, a little squeeze moment. Drop, yeah, and the then we get this drop. very strange panel of this tick, Dick Tracy looking doctor and flat. Everything's drawn in profile. In, in, throughout this thing, and her beetle eyes back here in the background because the little nanny back there. Yeah, I, th- there's there's no mesh of the style. He's trying to mesh too many different styles. It almost feels like it's not necessarily even. It, it's it's very blase '90s comic book kind of, and 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 not one of the big ones. It's not a Marvel or a DC. It's like a no name brand comic book. So the doctor R-W. comes and and he he grabs Grace and he's like, "Come it's with me, come R-W. with me," and you know, it's Groot the Wanderer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, 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 we've envisioned this moment for a while. The doctor comes back to Grace mm-hmm. and says, you sure you don't want to come with me? And she takes him up on the offer. You've got to nail that. And uh, Kind of. No, not even kind but I, of. But I just don't think they got there. I don't. I don't think so either. I, I just. Don't. So then we get this whirlwind tour of look at all the things I can do. Look at where we can go here. We can go here. We're and she gets space sick. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
buzzer. You ruined Grace. Grace is a powerful, competent, intelligent, modern woman who should have no problem traveling. Who has died once. Who has died once and come back. Because the Grace at the end of the movie has had her mind open. She's explored all this stuff. She's gone through all these things. She walks into the TARDIS and is not phased by the fact that it's bigger on the inside. She's smart enough to handle that. And you neutered her by making her spacic and whiny. So then we land on the planet. We're going to give you a chance to, okay, we'll get your feet. We'll get you catch your breath. Okay. Oh, we're in the middle of BFE. This is the most boring planet ever. It's pasture land, and we've got peasants, and yeah, okay, sure, why not? Didn't care about any of these characters. There was no interaction that really grew the story arc. Maybe I would have cared about the kids had they built Grace up instead of tearing her down during this part. It didn't work. We get more strange profile shots of this guy, because apparently that's the only way that they can draw these people, is from the side. Look at my big nose. And, okay, so, oh, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. Everything's fantastic. All Grace needed was a good meal. Oh, by the way, our alien overlords occasionally pick people for ascension, but we never see them again. Well, I mean, I'll question I just, it. Gee, I just step back. I mean, but to be fair, let's only pick on the artwork once. Okay, I'm, I'm done picking on <laughs> it. Right. Well, no, I've got one more panel that oh, I really okay. have to point out, then right. and then I'll be done. I've right. um, so, okay, the alien overlords who dress like Elvis. <laughs> Bad design choice there. Not artwork. The design choice. Not, no, design no, choice. No, no, not, I, not I give you that one. Yeah, it's free reign there. The, what is with this? <laughs> I mean, come on. And the totally lame glasses? Yes. Bad. Okay. So then. You know, we take the kids. Had we gotten any kind of connection with these kids and Grace, I think it would have worked. If if Grace had been given the opportunity to be Grace with these kids and interact with them, Mm -hmm. I think I would have cared that the aliens came and nabbed them. I would agree. But we didn't get it. So now she runs off. She's apparently imprinted on them because she's willing to steal a flyer and take off. And initially I had a problem with that until they fixed it with the line, well, I hot-wired the TARDIS, so I just go, all right, I'll allow that. Uh, you know, so so we've got that. We lock up in the cabinet. Grace has a panic attack, nervous breakdown, locked in the cupboard. Everything's done for. I'm doomed. You're horrible. Why did I agree to come on this trip? And it's like, Tegan, shut up. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> just <laughs> good example. Not who you are. <laughs> the aliens, in addition to being apparently weak, are also inept because they locked them in a broom closet. We don't have a cell. All right, put them in there. Uh, we get the Sonic. We very easily get out. This is the panel. This one. The Scooby-Doo panel? The Scooby-Doo <laughs> panel. With the, the, this, to me, screams Saturday morning cartoon com- uh, What's he newspaper saying comic. He's saying run. Yeah, he but, should be saying zoinks. Yeah, that, that's just it. This, look, none of these people are touching the ground at all as they run away from the aliens. This, to me, says Sunday morning yep. comic strip I'm panel more than anything the- else in this story. And it is wrong for Doctor Who. It is the wrong feel, the wrong tone. The, I don't care if you're doing a light story. Which, oh, we're stealing children? That's not light. That's an A-bomb. Like you said, it's, it's a huge anvil dropped in the middle of the thing, but it didn't land on the putty cat's head. It's wrong. Okay, so then... Why are we taking the children? Well, because we're harvesting their organs to, you know, sustain ourselves. ourselves. (laughs) 
I understand that this is a science fantasy or a, a fantasy fiction show, not a science fiction show. I, I, I yeah, science fantasy. However you want to say. How it. could they be compatible? There's they no there. way that you can take you these human people and put these organs in these alien Elvis people and make it work. If you have the technology to do that, you don't need the organs. Just grow your own. You oh. God, I I didn't think of that when reading. I that, was really. so angry. I had I almost threw my iPad when I was reading the digital copy. I, I was so mad. Over I think that. I like the idea or the the, the gravity. The, the I like the, is good. I like the gravity of the idea so yes. much that I think I overlooked the fact of the yeah. compatibility. And and, 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 and maybe too. had this been done in another format where we didn't have these visuals. Maybe it would have worked if it had been a big finish audio yeah. and that was the plot. Okay. If it had been, yeah. uh, you know, realized differently, designed differently. Okay. But I can only go off of what was presented. And these visuals vis- and that story don't well. match. Yeah. And that's something the editors, I'm sorry, Mr. Tipton, <laughs> you had to put the kibosh on this early yeah. and say, no, we can't do that. I am, I, that, those were the two things. I was livid over, over the science part of it. And I was livid over what they did to Grace. I I could not see straight because I've it's a neutering, met it's Daphne a Ashbrook and she is not this. Here, here, let me let me put it this oh. way. Had this been a script for a Doctor Who, and this would have been her first approach to come back as Grace, she'd have looked at this script and she'd have said, No, this needs to be changed and this needs to be changed and this needs to be changed because this is not Grace. Yeah. She'd have said that. She'd have said that. But she has absolutely no say in this. Her uh, character yeah. that she created on screen, she has no say in this. And they take this character based on one little film and they completely neuter it. They didn't even get the point of the character in the movie. That's the problem with and, this. And, and, and even saying that it's, well, it's the grace from the beginning of the movie and not necessarily, I don't even think they got that far. I mm. think they I think they had the word Grace Holloway, it's a shadows. doctor. And it's they went, shadows. okay, let's do it. It's almost like whoever wrote this has never seen Doctor Let me the address movie. the That's idea. Really how far removed let me it is. let me address the idea of Grace being able to use an IDW. I think it partly comes from the fact that IDW said, "Tack with it. Uh, we're done with Doctor Who. Let's just do what we want." And I also think it comes to the fact that, well, if they try to sue us, look at how many Universal uh, products we have. We'll be able to. Uh, pave it over with universal entity. Anyway, because they have a lot of universal uh, products. They have Ghostbusters. They have... Um, there's another universal there that I thought of the other day. When, when you we say discussing. universal, you're not meaning universal the studio universal. Studio, yeah, Universal Studios Ghostbusters is Columbia. Oh, it is Columbia. It is Columbia. Well, that pokes holes in my... And they have, there was another one, though. They have G.I. Joe and Transformers, which are Paramount. Those are Paramount. Um that I didn't know. Star Trek. No, that's Paramount, Paramount as well. My Little Pony. Oh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can't believe you just brought up My Little Pony. Hey, they have that license. Which I thought I of another. Files. I thought of another Universal. That's Fox. Yeah, I Ninja thought of Turtles, I think it's oh. probably still Warner Brothers or New Line. Never mind. That pokes holes in my theory because Ghostbusters is what I was using ultimately. But you're right. That's Columbia. They they have a lot Sony, of actually. Fox. Well, yeah, stuff Sony too. now. Continue no. with where you were going with it, that, because no, I'm curious no. to know what it would have been. <laughs> I can't remember what it, what my other... I, Sorry, I didn't... Earlier, or, no, that's fine. Earlier in the week, I was thinking, well, they have at least a few universal products, so they probably thought we could kind of smooth that over if they tried to litigate on it. 
But now you're right because because, Universal, oh, because Universal may have owned the TV movie right at one exactly. Point. Oh, okay, no, the, I see the, where you're the, going. No, with it. no, 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 not may have. They well, still, did. Yeah, that's, still have a piece. That's why there is still a litigation issue right now. That is why Grace cannot be licensed into other media because Universal still has a very. I mean, they had to come to an agreement in order to just release the Doctor Who movie under BBC. Uh, in the United States, because the BBC has had a vested interest in the movie, and it's been on video and DVD in the UK for many years. But it wasn't until two years ago that we actually got it on DVD in the US because there was still the litigation over who owned okay. the entire rights. I follow, rights. Where, I follow and where what you're happened trying to go was is they they basically came to an agreement as far as releasing the. Uh, DVD in the U.S. under the BBC and to entertain um, distribution because Warner Brothers essentially distributes it here in the United States, the, the to entertain stuff and the BBC stuff. Ultimately, what it comes down to is the reason that they still haven't allowed the rights to Big Finish and all those is because Universal still has a vested interest in the character. And BBC can't just willy-nilly say, yes, you have the rights to the to the Grace Holloway character. Uh, I don't understand yes, why Universal Holloway thinks character. they have vested <laughs> rights in it. Huh? Why, why they think there's... Money. They want to get paid, Keith. It all boils down to merit. money. They have vested <laughs> I, rights I in it because they... don't see much they, money off the character they, Well, they're not. But the problem is, is that they have funded two-thirds of this film. And what they're saying is, if we oh, have the yeah. rights to this character, we deserve to have money for it. And so what has happened is, anytime somebody's come to the BBC and said, hey, we'd like to do something with Grace... They have said, well, unfortunately, we would owe enough money to Universal that we can't just out and out do that without charging you more money for Grace so that Universal gets their cut of it, is what it boils down to. And that is still in contention for as to who really has the ultimate rights to this. And the BBC can't out and out buy all of those rights from Universal because of the type of ent- entity that they are being a public broadcasting system in the United States. And United I, I imagine they'd have to take an honest look at it and say, even if it was a matter of bringing everything in-house, is grace is it worth, worth it? Yeah, the, and, the, and that's what they the, do. The that's what they look at. So that's at. why there's still this this fine line it's that they want. It's probably easier just to that, I'm buried. still curious as to why IDW thought that they had adequate approval to use Grace Holloway. Um, I thought it was because they felt that they would have Universal's back when they said, when Universal said, well, we didn't give you rights to that character. They said, well, they were in such good standing with you on these other titles, but you're right. I can't, now I can't think of any Universal titles that could have possibly... I the catalog. I don't see anything and, that would be and Universal. for that matter, Fox has at least a fraction of an interest in it as well. Oh, yeah, they, have Fox, a lot, they have a lot more Fox stuff. Which maybe that's what that allows be, yeah. them to. Maybe that's what where that allows. But that. Universal has has a big chunk of that, and that's why there was they had to really negotiate that down to releasing that DVD in the United States. So CSI Universal, CBS, no, it'd be Paramount. Not necessarily. Not everything thing. on CBS is mostly. Paramount. Most stuff on CBS is Paramount, but not everything. Um, so, so then you, you remember the early comics where we got into huge discussions over the shadowy cloaked figure and who it might be based on the tiny little glimpses of mm-hmm. who this guy is. I've got a full-blown raging shot of him here. 
I got nothing. I got nothing either. I have no He's idea. He's still got a cloaked face to uh, face a bit, so we're, yeah. I think we're still trying to disguise his identity in such a way, but I don't... He's very. He's got mechanical legs. Yeah. And a vest. He's Marty McFly. <laughs> he's a cybernized Marty McFly. Marty McFly travels with the. Doctor I, I, the I still think it could be Captain Jack, but I think that would be a, a bold be way to go with it. Ever bold in the series at all? Because realistically, <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. If you think about it, if you're going to go with cybernetic legs, at some point, Jack just became a head. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I think it's Adam. And it would explain the time. Vortex uh, manipulator. Vortex, oh, Adam. Yeah, because he's got the plug in his head, too. Hey, he, was stra- <laughs> he was stranded in I like the, three, I the, like whatever the, year was on the station. No, he wasn't stranded. He, they dropped him back home in his own time. Did Remember? They? Because his mom oh, came yeah, into the room right, and snapped right, her fingers right. and she freaked yeah. out because he... I forgot about that part. I tried to forget most of that. Yeah, the doctor dropped him off back in his home. Yeah, that's and, right, that's right. So no, it could opened be up the thing in his head so his mom would freak out. That was the only way Adam was still working. I like it. I like Adam though. That that's uh, that that at least brings somebody that They'd brings somebody explain. full circle that would have a reason to seek vengeance on the doctor. Yeah, even though it was all Jack a has no reason to seek vengeance. I think unless he's just pissed that he's immortal. Yeah, but he know. didn't seem to have any ill will against the doctor that in oh, by that time. Utopia and Sound of the oh, Sound yeah. of Drone. I mean, it was just, once he well, he once, was trying to figure it out. Still. He was, but once the doctor told him what had happened and was square with him, he was almost like, "Okay, oh, it's okay. it is something it that is, is an it anomaly. Is. It's not what you. It's not something you, you wished upon me. me. You didn't do it to me. It was a. It was a result of something that had to be done. Well, these writers like to ignore other parts of the storyline, so. As, as much I, as I just don't think it's as Jack. much as I kind of sort I like of like I like Sean's uh, writing of Jack in the, the short stories he's been doing. Yeah, as much as I kind of sort of liked the opening panel, that's kind of where I fell down on the ending, not the alien ending because I really got. But yeah, I'm yeah. done with you guys. As soon as you said we're harvesting air for that for that purpose, done with you. If you'd been harvesting these organs to sell on the black market to get money to keep your society going, I'd have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. But to make it medical? No, done. But the end, where the guy's monologuing and giving his, I'm the future, I'm this, and I, you trade me, blah, blah, blah. And the doctor is like, whatever it is you think I did, let's talk about it. That, to me, was very Eighth Doctor. That one it was line very eighth doctor. Yeah. almost Redeems the redeemed no. the rest of the... Um, but no, no. Nothing can redeem this. No. The story, it, it, but that was a nice little nugget yeah. that would give you that. Yes. Yeah, so that there was... And that was it. And then it was over. And it, it was... I don't know. Maybe it's the way Brenda kind of felt about the TV movie. Because it was 90 minutes of, you know, and then it was gone. And this yeah. was this one bam. And then it was gone. And it, it that's... I Yeah. I got nothing. I, I, <laughs> I flipped through this and flipped through it. And, flipped, and I read it three times. Because I read it and I got mad and I put it down. Like I had finished it and I just I walked away from it, and then I came back to it and thought maybe I missed something. Maybe I was not the right frame of mind. You're hoping maybe. to look for something. Well, may, I went back and reread it. This is why you go back to it. In fact, I went back to it a second time but didn't get all the way through it. The reason you go back to it is because it's the Eighth Doctor and it's great. Yeah. And you think, oh my gosh, those are two characters that I absolutely what love and I, I want. I want to love another story of them together. And then I, yeah. I, 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 it could I not to possibly have been as bad as I made it out that first time. Yeah. And as soon as I started reading it and Grace got 
I'm glad you made it three times because I made it one and a half. I mean, I really, once I started reading Grace's story again, I went, this is not my Grace. Yeah, it isn't. It's not even my eighth doctor, really. No, it's not. There are moments, yeah, but there's he moments. Eats the dead. But we went through the Divergent universe, so I can't kind of forgive some of the Eighth Doctor. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is dealing with the the Eighth Doctor's been an enigma since we went well, through the that's just, uh, Chris Divergent it universe. Best when she said the Eighth Doctor, more than any of them, personifies all, all of, of them. the Doctors, and yeah. that is the most true statement you can make about the Eighth Doctor: is that he is literally because he has those moments of whimsy. Yeah. That and, and silly. He's got those self-deprecating moments. He's, got, he's got those, those really dry, dark, dry humors. He's got he's the got dark, those moments. Really dark moments. He 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 encapsulates all of them so well, and that is ultimately the biggest frustration is that we didn't get more of it to explore what mm-hmm. could have been. I that's that's ultimately the saddest part of it. Are you pulling on the table, Paul? I don't know. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> You're pulling on my computer too. Oh, was I? I'm sorry. I, to me, I was in my little—I was in my own little world, going, "Hey, the microphone's coming towards me." I didn't think about everything else coming towards me too. Cut him off. Yeah, I'm going to go have another drink. Now he needed to cut me off because I was apparently boring him with my try. Well, I don't know. I, I, at some point, you and I just keep reiterating the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so was, maybe we should move on to I'm, the retro. I'm, 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 I'm done talking about the comic book. I was, so I'm sorry for those of you that enjoyed it. I just sorry, Grizzy. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I guess I just didn't have the vitriol you guys did about it. Uh, Mr. Hammond, I've decided not to endorse your park. <laughs> That'd be a fun flicks with friends. Oh, I don't know the schedule. Put it on the list. On the list. On the list. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Well, how about the retrospective? As we both have as you both abandoned me at the table now. I honestly. Well, you start, Keith. <laughs> I, I. I don't know how what. what uh, we, we've discussed the movie ad nauseum. That's we've discussed the all these stories. I feel like we've done our entire show is a retrospective of the Eighth That's Doctor. That's just it. It's tough to do the Eighth Doctor when we shoehorn ourselves into only doing the movie because I mean, we have talked we, about the movie ad nauseum. You're, ex- go, you're exactly go, go, right. Go listen to the episode where we discussed the movie <laughs> way back, way back when. And it's and really difficult. We've always to... discussed our love of Paul McGann and the Eighth Doctor, and even in store audios we haven't necessarily enjoyed. And it's really difficult not to taint our discussions with the fact that we know a lot more about the Eighth Doctor based on the books we've read, based yes. on the audios that we've yes. listened to, and I don't think Paul McGann ever steps away from. The intent of the Eighth Doctor and the, and the Doctor that he developed in the films when Absolutely we listen not. to the audios, even when we have these stories that have this really kind of dark centering around the Doctor, or the or as we talked about, the Doctor kind of encompassing all of the different incarnations, the Doctor, the Eighth Doctor, still has this core that we that we love and we yes. see every time. Unfortunately, we have told ourselves and we've told our listeners that we're not going to talk about the the extended universe stuff because that wouldn't be fair because we have done we have not done that I should, I should on, say on with others. any of the other doctors and so we have to really kind of just focus on the movie I disagree 
elaborate? <laughs> We're discussing the Eighth Doctor's era. And with all of the classic doctors that had come before, their era was television. Because that's what was available. And it wasn't until much later that they started producing standalone novels and, and adventures that weren't directly, you know, it wasn't a novelization of the episode. It was well, a third the, Doctor adventure or a fourth Doctor adventure. Seven, they continued with the novels and we didn't touch on any of those. Seven did, or, but we still had enough episodes that we kind of covered okay. that. But, but I don't I, think that's I fair think because when we talked about the era, when we talked about the sixth doctor, we specifically stayed away from big finish audios. We, did, we did make yes. a quick mention that we've come to love the sixth doctor based on the audios, but that's the only thing that we did from the audios. If we were allowed to include the audios in the sixth doctor discussion, I would have painted a much happier, broader picture of the sixth doctor, but we did not do that. Because there was only two, well, a season and a half, or uh, technically two seasons that we dealt with of The Sixth Doctor. And I don't think it's fair to say, okay, now we're going to ex- expand Paul McGann's era into the Big Finish audios and the novels. Because that's not fair to any of the other Doctors that I had was forced to review based on what we saw on television. I'm sorry, but Sean. All of, You're no, right. I, I agree, the but eighth all, doctor, all of the Big Finish. The Eighth Doctor is wonderful based on the fact that he has some great novels and, and Paul McGann has been able to expand the, the character in audio. Right. But and, and you're it's right not that a lot fair of this era took place off camera. That's the key, though. But, is the, 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 the big but, finish, but we've limited all of our other discussions. Right. Well, but, but the Big Finish audios featuring the Sixth Doctor came later, came after his era. You see what I'm saying? He had, he, he had his time. I'm not saying that it was fair. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that the Sixth Doctor had his I think that's, his, I his, think that's absolutely false because and the Big Finish audience didn't start until early 2000. That was four years after Paul McGann had been in the film. It's after everybody's era. You can't count that. You can't say that that's part of Paul's era because... It came after the film. It, it, there I, were four chronolo- or five well, years of difference in I'm just, the, I'm just in saying the time chrono- that was coming. And Paul <laughs> was only basically, he wasn't even in the, well, he was in Sirens of Time, wasn't he? Was he one of the segments? No, no he wasn't okay. in Sirens of Time. Okay, so the other three Doctors are the first ones that kick off the Big Finish audio, and he doesn't come along until about six episodes into Big Finish right, either. But if you look I'm at, sorry, if, that does uh, not count, saying, Sean. If you, if you, I think if we're going to be fair to the eighth I'm Doctor, we have you. to... Just focus on the film. I, I agree that we're not going to talk about it. I'm not saying that I'm going to launch into my big finish discussion now. I'm just I, I, I'm saying that if you look at it chronologically, that we go fourth Doctor, fifth Doctor, sixth Doctor, his era ends, seventh Doctor starts, and it's not until after the show ends that we start seeing the Virgin New Adventures to pick up that torch and continue on. So yes, that technically is still seventh Doctor's era. We and didn't, we didn't use it. We didn't use it, but we could have. Is my argument. Yeah. So now we get to the movie. The, the Seventh Doctor's me. Era ends. He's in the movie. He regenerates. That's the end of Sylvester McCoy's time. And Paul McGann picks up the torch and goes on. And they change all of the comic strips and all of the uh, uh, novels that come out and everything to match now this guy. And he is which there we haven't read any of those uh, except for me, who I've read too. <laughs> he's there through all of that. And then when the uh, you know we start hearing rumblings with things like. Um, uh, Scream of the Shalka and some of the stuff that you know maybe this is coming and then we officially get the relaunch in 2005 or the the, the new new Who stars that then kicks off Chris Recklesons. But in my mind, 
chronologically, anything that's set between Doctor Who the movie and the relaunch is Paul McGann's era. That's how I choose to look at it. Okay, I agree with the statement that you said, but based on but but for argument of what we're discussing now, we are only using televised episodes. We weren't allowed to use whether it was part of his era or not. I think retro. Actively, That's the six it, yes. Doctor stories do retroactively become part of his era. No, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. For, so, for, for purposes of that, that they so do yeah, retroactively. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the ninth Doctor era. But for the sake of argument in this this retrospective, you could only use the television movie. It's the greatest thing. Ever. I've read two and a half, well, two and a quarter of the Eighth Doctor novels so far, and I'm not going to use those as part of my discussion of the eighth doctor era because it's not fair because we're using the televised stories okay i think that the televised and the novels or the uh, uh, the audios and the novels have expanded on paul mcgann and made him even more wonderful than the movie did in its own but that's all i can say about it because that's what i said about the sixth doctor was the fact that this the audios made the sixth doctor it 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 brought the, in fact, it brought all of his televised stuff to new light when I heard him later on the Big Finish stuff. I can't say that for Paul McGann, and here's the reason I can't say that because I don't think Paul McGann ever missed a beat. I don't think he changes the way that he does the Eighth Doctor from the movie to the stories that he does. Now, does the character evolve? Yes, the character becomes darker. The character changes. The character goes through this this kind of uh, roller coaster of of of, of stories and emotions. But he's still on the core, the Eighth Doctor. The the most wonderful thing about the Eighth Doctor it's is... It's a bigger paintbrush, but yeah, that's exactly. it. Yeah, it's a yeah. painter, bigger paintbrush, but that's it. You're absolutely right. The nice thing about the fact is that Paul McGann steps into the role of the Doctor and doesn't lose any of the 30-some years that came before it. It's still the Doctor. When you look at him, it, it could have easily, because the, the movie is so Americanized, the Doctor could have came in and been very American. But Paul McGann grounded. That was the the one thing that the movie does right, is it grounds the Doctor in such a sense, despite the fact that we tamper with the uh, 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 half-human aspect of the Doctor, that we tamper with the, the fact that there's a romantic element to the Doctor, the fact that he's not asexual anymore, and because everybody assumes he's asexual, because there is no romantic interludes in the canon to come before Despite those two things, he still seems and feels like the Doctor from the classic series. There, there, he really has that British character to him. He really has that the, all of the the essential Doctor char- character to him that it doesn't change at all. Well, and like that's what t- I think Paul McGann has done right with the Doctor, yeah. even beyond the movie. It's like when they talked about it on the, uh, uh, the one of the few things they did right on the uh, revisited. Um, special when they mentioned the 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 gun and that he's going to pickpocket the cop's gun and then turn around and threaten himself so, and not others and not others and that you know it, it, for for anybody who says well they americanized it I, an americanized version of doctor who would have been turning the tables and threatening the cop i mean that that's kind of an americanized version of the character yes Yes, and and they didn't because do the that. movie is very american you have to admit that you can't come down on the side of it is it is gangland ideals, which is not prevalent in the UK. It's not something that. But that's is, setting. Is very, well, because the story is set setting. in San Francisco. I, I agree that it's setting. We've had other episodes think, of Doctor Who set in America that does not feel like the movie. Okay, here let me let me point this out. the The Doctor 
riding a motorcycle with his companion on the back. Now, while that has been redone now in the new series, at the time that was very American. I would not have seen any doctor prior to that riding a motorcycle. Pertwee rode a three-wheeler with Joe on the back. I don't know. I'll give you that one a little bit. Sylvester Moore rode a motorcycle and dealt in the Bannerman. But it wasn't a motorcycle. It was a... Well, no, I guess it wasn't a motorcycle. I was about to say it was a... uh, Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. That's the thing. It's the perception that it's Americanized. Everybody seems to think that it's Americanized. And because the story's set... A lot of that is setting. I would agree Because the story's set in America... It's easy to paint with that broad paintbrush that, well, well, all of it's Americanized because now he's kissing his companion and now they've got the others. No, you, you break it down at its core and Doctor Who the movie is still, I, I, I firmly believe it's still very British. Now, I will allow that maybe it's... What is in like the accents? <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Maybe is, it's the American perception of what British television is like. Well, I think that's probably... And maybe that's, that's where... That's probably the, the most know, of it. But it goes back to you and I argue... I think you argue on the side of me, and I think you do too. The the side of how the master, everybody complains of how the master is portrayed so differently. And we always defend the master's portrayal based on the fact that he has inhabited an American's body. We always say that, well, it was an American ambulance driver. So that's going to be the voice that comes out of that face. It's going to be the accent that comes out of that face. It's going to be the actions that he takes in such a sense that he's still trying to portray himself as Bruce the ambulance driver. He's trying to pull the wool over people's eyes so that he can get what he needs. It's not till later in the TARDIS when he becomes... To me, the Roger Delgado master, where he's dredging for the occasion, he has that flair, that flamboyance, that that uh, menace that that, that the Roger, Roger Delgado, Delgado brought the to the, that, that it, it, Well, I'm sorry, Either. I'm sorry, Anthony. Okay. Anthony. I, okay. was, I thought I, was, I thought that's where you were going. I was. Minute. I was confusing the two. But the, the 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 master that Anthony Ainley was that he portrayed that comes across once we get into the TARDIS and we're starting to actually you know come to the climax of the story. That is very masterlike, you know, using the uh, the dress, the the, the, the very Time Lordian uh, outfit that he has on, um, having that flair and that flamboyance. That is very master to me. And so people say, you know, well, he just wasn't masterlike. He just didn't play because he was playing a part in order to make it look like he was somebody else until he was able to execute his plans, and then it was very masterlike. It, it, it and, would be like saying in all those scenes where the master is pretending to be Bob Smith and... Uh, or, you know, or in Trocken where he's pretending to be the... Uh, shush. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think I think he's already figured all of that out by now. But yeah, the, exactly. Where he's, it, it would be well, like basing one of those stories on that. Where he was the the weird alien thing, uh, time flight. Where he's the weird alien thing. Yeah, he's, he's actually got he's, a rubber mask. He's on. an entirely different character than the master. It's because he's having to portray that persona. Or when he's you know the the the, the scientific the Wutan the scientific you know there's there's so many examples. Or the king's demons where he's pretending to be the, uh, the 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 guy on the inside of the court. I mean it's it's. He's not being the master yeah. at that point. He, 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 it's not until it's revealed that he's the master that he becomes the master. And that's the same that, thing that, with that, the movie. That, that, that falls right in line that's, with that's what really Doctor Who the movie presents us. So. That's, that's really defending Doctor Who the movie and not necessarily the character of the Doctor, which we should be doing now. But. <laughs> well, but I, I, I go back to the, the, you know... This just falls down on the fact that we have to defend the movie every time we <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> 
Even though I don't know who we're defending it to. Anybody who will listen. Nobody, nobody, nobody comes to us with these points that you guys keep bringing it's up. It's still complaining well, about. Okay, no, 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 no. Nobody's bringing it I to think, us. I think... Who was the last person I think one it? of the things we're trying to do is... The last person that brought it up was... Brenda said that it feels very American. And I have always felt that it feels very American. But Sean's got a good point. Is that it's set oh, uh, in yeah, America. So that's part of the reason that it feels very American. Because our characters... Are American, even though we're shot in British Columbia, Canada. Our characters are very American. Our setting is very American, but the Doctor never really deviates from being that very British central character that we grew to love in the classic series. I think saying this feels American is like saying Evolution of the Daleks and Daleks take Manhattan feel American. But they don't. I think that's that's the problem. Is it, I don't think totally it feels that much different. Either. It's hard to defend the movie when you. When you bring an example up like that, because Evolution of the Daleks and Daleks in well, Manhattan... Or, that's because or it's period and it's very poor accents. That's just it. They feel British. That's me. because Despite they... Despite the fact that we have because, Americans well, that's in there, what we, it is. Ha- we even that's, have American that's actors why it in feels, there. Which, and, Panak is American. He's oh, is he? Yeah, he's not British. That. Okay, well, there's one. That's, Tallulah. That's, Tallulah that's, is American. She has a horrible. No, I'm accent. kidding. She's really yeah, she's a British actress. <laughs> that that's why Andrew Garfield, according to, to Sean, is American. They're used to having horrible American accents, and they don't know how to handle actual <laughs> American accents. I'm going to disagree with you there because they don't. You want to disagree with everything? Wait, no, no, no. Glenn hates everything. Let me. Let Glenn me, hates everything. Let me, and doesn't agree with let anyone. Let me explain. They don't have horrible American accents. What they do do? Yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. listen. They default to caricature accents we're in brooklyn so we're going to do the really heavy brooklyn accent wait in the movie we have no in, in the in the, in in the tv Dr. series in that's why i'm saying oh, these yeah. still feel british even though we have well, american that's what, that's accents that's what i'm saying we actually have american actors so they're not used to having actual accents. oh i okay i i, I see where you're coming from Stop i thought drinking. you were saying, i thought no i thought you were <laughs> Stop referring drinking. i thought you were referring to the dalek episodes no no i was referring to okay. the movie it would, it, would, it would be like saying that no, i will uh, never defend the accents of american accents and any of the other british no or here's, any other but, doctor who, but that's what because i'm because tra- they did because they Default to the caricature. Tr- okay, yes. yes. that's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. It would, it would be, it would be yeah. like saying that. They, then we're arguing the same point. I'm it's, sorry. Right. Um. It's, it's, it's like the guy from Angels Take Manhattan was actually American. So he yes, actually he had is actually American and he had an authentic American. But nobody complained about it. And him. I don't. I, we sound like we're faulting people saying that oh, British yeah, people no, 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 can't no, no, do no, no, American no. accents. They can, but it seems like Some we always well. we always seem to just default the to the stereotypes. We always seem always. to right. We always seem to default to the Southern accents, or we always seem to default to the Brooklyn accents yes. because those are easier ones to peg. Because if you're going to go extreme on an American accent, those are the ones to do because you can really hear those when you do the Midwest or the monotone accent which has no accent to it at all it's probably harder for a british person to hit it would be like saying that uh, impossible astronaut day of the moon feel american because of Th- they, they feel more american than the rest of the episodes in that series to me they don't i don't think they do either see but, that's uh, why i'm the, saying the, is that's why the, doctor that, that, who that, the movie feels more american because in comparison to all the things we've done in america they still feel british to me they still feel like a british taste this still feels pretty even the too. even the well and the worst example is in the sound of drums and the last of the time lords where we have the american president 
and we don't quite get the politics of America right because we would not send our president pro tem oh, <laughs> to negotiate with uh, the prime minister in another country. You just don't do that. And so we don't get the politics right, so suddenly that feels very foreign or British to us. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe maybe, it's, I'm, maybe I'm straying way off. I, don't, it's, it, I, th- I think it's just one of those. I'll have more scotch. <laughs> maybe it's just lost in translation. Is is, is is what it is. But well, that could be it. Yeah. The, I I don't see it. But again, maybe it's because I'm American and not British. Maybe if it was maybe if I was British, I would have a huge problem with it. And I don't. <laughs> I just don't uh, see it. But, if if. If we were allowed, I'm not trying to backpedal here. If we were allowed to accept the books and the audio series as part of the McGann era, I still fall back on the fact that because McGann never loses step with his eighth doctor, the eighth doctor in the TV series is still the best personification of the eighth doctor. I would agree with that. Because he does not stray from the core character that he creates in the movie itself. And so I think that's why the movie still remains the best example of the Eighth Doctor's era because it's not like Paul ever changes directions. It's not like the writers even really kind of stray from that core character that's in the movie. Now, they they try different approaches. I think the the writers try to evolve the Eighth Doctor but Paul always manages to, at least in the audio series, because he yes. has nothing to do with the books. But and we haven't we haven't delved much into the books. But he never strays from that core character that he created in Doctor Who the movie, and I think that's why it's it's fortunately easy to say. I mean, it's it's really easy to say because it's the only TV representation we have is the movie. But it's easy to say and come down on the side that that really is the best example of the Eighth Doctor. The only thing you can say against that in regards to Doctor Who the movie is that he spends the first 20 or 30 minutes of it not being the Eighth Doctor because he's lost. He doesn't know who he is. But that's post-regeneration. Every regeneration story has that 20 or 30 minute span where some of them longer. (laughs) We're not quite sure who this guy is yet. But, But quite frankly, even when he realizes who he is, and he starts to remember who he is, he still hasn't changed from that character that, that, that walked out of that morgue. He really has still that same personality. It, it's like he's, he's filling in the gaps in his memory, but he still has that same, I don't know. Sense of wonder. To that's him. it. That's, that's, oh, thank you. That's exactly what it is. It's that wide eyes. Perfectly. It's yeah, that wide eyes sense of wonder. Thank you, And, and, and that's, that's it exactly. Any, anytime I, uh, they write him, and there were several times in the comic that they hit that sense of wonder right, and that's when it feels like the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, you you just hit the nail on the head. It's that wide-eyed sense of wonder is what it is. It's one of the things trading future is slightly missing. That's what one of the few one of the things trading futures is slightly missing. Oh, is that right? Is that the one you're reading? Yeah, oh. it's an enjoyable story so far, but it doesn't feel like the Eighth Doctor. Uh, the problem with the one I'm reading now is we're dealing a lot of with Angie we're not dealing with anything uh, the doctor yet much of the doctor. I've had some references here you've had some book. references to Angie no to 
Earthworld. Earthworld? Oh, no kidding. It, 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 I didn't realize it. Picking Who it up. are your companions? Sorry, Angie we're getting ahead of yeah. stuff. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. terrific. Sorry. <laughs> we're, so, so we're getting way off. I'm getting lots of references to stuff I have no idea. What and we're going to talk about this next week. Yeah. Well, and I'm only in, this is only Angie's second story, and I'm already getting references to stuff that I, I, I'm shocked that they picked this book as the eighth Doctor's book in this line of, you know, ten Doctor, or ten, eleven Doctor books to, yeah. to deal with and Sean is yawning so let's continue our discussion I'm sorry no I'm going to be editing a lot of this tomorrow so. <laughs> what else can we say I mean we I, th- I think we've gushed really, enough about the 8th Doctor it's really tough to it is. do this show with just the 8th Doctor but I think to be fair to all of the other doctors we've done before, we just we can't jump. No, I'm I'm, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you there. And and, that, and, that, and that's knowing. And that's one of the things I didn't fault the Doctor Who revisited for because they only have so much you can say about a TV movie. Yeah, but if you get Paul in if there, you Paul, and Peter Segal, you, you could have filled could it out. More. You could have yeah. filled it out. Yes, exactly. Well, and here's here's an interesting flip to that argument: is that do do we do we default to the Doctor Who the movie being the end-all, be-all of Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor because everything that has come after matches with what he's done? Or is it because being that we had this, there was no ongoing series, there was no ongoing pressure to, you have to get this right, you have to have all the dialogue here because when this explosion goes off, we can't reset, which we've heard that story so often repeated in these other doctors, you know, stories, the the, the time crunch of doing a series. It was filmed in a more leisurely place because it was a, you know, a movie style, you know, shoot and it had had movie conventions to it, even if it wasn't. Right. It had more money behind it. It had all this kind of stuff. Is it maybe that he was able to devote a little more time into discovering who this doctor is and how he was going to play him because he didn't have as much to deal with on the other end? And so the absolute best of everything he could have put into it is on display. As opposed to this week was a, I, I had a cold I was a little off. I think that's a good argument. That's that. a good argument. But on the flip side of that, how many times have we looked at a era of the Doctor and we've picked a story earlier on in that Doctor's era that we felt was more Most of the representative? Yeah. And you, you can't do that with Paul because there's only one. But in your argument, if you look at it and we said, well, this was based on this and we've had three years, I mean, on average, three years to kind of explore that character, how many times have we said earlier on in their series that we we felt that that was kind of the, you see what I'm saying? More often than not. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Paul's fortunate in the fact that he had probably a bigger frame around his one body of work to explore his doctor as opposed to you know probably shooting a story in one week yeah but on the flip side of that we have looked at one saying that early on in their career or early on in their era we thought that was a better representation than later in the era whereas paul even if he had that time to kind of expand that character it it's Apples to oranges, there, in my opinion. Yes, no. Yeah, I can see that. I can see I, both sides of the I can see both. Yeah. I, it's just, it's just an interesting 
whatever. Dynamic, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with anything that you put forth as far as why we can't do that, and that you know, realistically, even if we could, even if we did include big finish, and and the books and other things, I'd probably still default to Doctor Who the movie. As this is this is my eighth Doctor. I would, I think I would too. I mean, really, quite honestly. I mean, look, look back really on all the of the representation, and, and I've, I'm yeah, even a leg character. up on you guys because there are other, you know, in the in that eighth Doctor range that you guys haven't heard yet, and I've heard all those, and I'd probably still default to Doctor the movie. That's interesting to hear you say that because as much as I love them, <laughs> because early on, before we get to Zagreus, if we could open it up. I'm going against what I was arguing earlier, but if we could open it up, I won't. I won't pinpoint a, an exact one, but prior to Zagreus, there are some that I would say would probably be more representative than the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. But it's hard to hammer that down because of the fact that he hasn't changed as a core character up until. And even in, I mean, I talk about how much he evolved and changed and the, and, the, and the different phases of the Doctor we got in the Divergent universe, but he really, on the core, and then coming out of all of that, still remains the same Doctor that we got in the movie. So maybe I'm going to backpedal a little bit here now and say, yeah, maybe that is the best <laughs> representation because it's it's also it's also more along the lines that when you listen to these audios, you still visualize that same character. But, again, this is the best representation we have because we're not only hearing the Doctor, but we're seeing the Doctor as well. Right. So, I mean, I guess that comes down to the fact that, yeah, you're getting best of both worlds there. Whereas, I mean, because of what came forth in uh, the movie, I'm able to visualize some of the stuff in the Big Finish audio as well. So. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way back and say I think you're right. I think I would come down on the on the movie being the best representation because I that is my blueprint for anything that I listen to or read in the books yeah. later on as well. That's a good point. And I think that was the and that's, what, and that's, that's why we had, no. I think you're right. I think that that, that everybody that writes for this new doctor has if, one thing to hang their. If they write a good story, yeah, it has one thing to write their blueprint on, and that or to hang their blueprint on, and that is the. Movie. And that's why we were so much not fans of this particular issue, of the comic, because the blueprint for Grace is well, in the movie. Is, is there? And it's not but matched. you didn't use it. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Very so good. there's right. that. <laughs> What's next on the schedule, song? Well, I'll be gone. Uh, what you're leaving? I'm us? leaving. You're yeah. leaving us for the first time for the in 143 time. episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't think I'm not We've having separation anxiety. <laughs> uh, for Friday. Oh, whatever. You're going to be in Hawaii I, sunning yourself on a beach eating and I will be, roasted uh, the, pig in a luau. Yeah, there will be a part of me that is figuring out the time differential, trying to figure out if I can boot up Bad Wolf Parting you of the Ways not, and join in for Friday Night do it. You know why? Because you're like four time zones out. From it. No, five. So it's five hours difference. Yeah, five It'd be earlier out. for him, though. Yeah. It wouldn't be as late. Yeah, but he's going to be in the middle of doing something. He's in oh, like, yeah. freaking Hawaii. Yeah, the sun will be up. So yeah, that's the, exactly. <laughs> that's the catch. What's five hours? Seven, Seven o'clock here. So you'll be doing something. More than likely. Yeah. But, um, please, 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 if you have an opportunity to join us, don't let me discourage you. But 
<laughs> but but <laughs> I think you will probably be doing other things. I am. Rel- I can. I just picture you at some luau watching the fire dancers and the hula girls and roasting the pig and having the dinner and all of that stuff. I hope you I'm gonna I'm that. gonna take an Instagram photo of the roast pig and go. Hey, think- look, it's a Dalek pig guard. <laughs> I know you're going there to visit your brother, but are you going to do some of the touristy trips? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're okay. gonna do. Uh, and, and the interesting thing is, I've never been to Maui. So, um, where were you born? I was born in Honolulu. Honolulu. Uh, so I've been, and I've been back to, uh, Honolulu and back to Oahu. And then I've also been to Kauai. Oh, you've been back several times then. Well, uh, no, I've only been back <laughs> once. But you, what, but when went you went back, islands. you went to do it. Yeah. Okay. I went, cause, you, cause you, usually you land in, uh, you land in Honolulu cause it's got the big airport it's and the then biggest you island, puddle too. jump over. Uh, no, the big island is the big one. Hawaii is the biggest island. Yes. Yes. Okay. Honolulu's on Oahu. <laughs> yeah. I forgot okay. about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but there, there's one <laughs> island that is actually called Hawaii, right? Yeah, the yeah. Big Island. He, he just Hawaii. called it the Big Island. It's right, Hawaii. I got you, I got you. That's <laughs> what the islanders call it, the Big Island. I, I'm not a native, I'm sorry. The, 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 I wasn't born in Hawaii, forgive me. There are, I was I, born in freaking Kansas. I've never been to the Big Island, but I understand there are parts of the Big Island that look like Kansas because it's so big you can't tell that you're on an island and it's very oh, grassland. They have oh, cattle and oh. you know the whole bit. You can't tell that it's... Okay, when are you going to do a lost tour? No. I'm not going to that island. Yeah, don't, uh, don't do it. I don't know which that island is. That, that was filmed on Kauai. Kauai. Kauai does a lot of filming. Kauai okay. does Jurassic Park was filmed in Kauai. Yeah. Um, lost. By the way. I bet there were some field shots from Lost. I was discussing the other night with somebody at work about television series. And we were, I, was, I was pushing him to watch uh, Arrested Development. And he was arguing the fact that, you know, sometimes he's pushed to watch things. And then he watches it and he doesn't enjoy them as much as somebody wants them to enjoy them. Because they push them to him. And I said, you know, I can understand that because <laughs> I was pushed to watch Lost, and I enjoyed the ride, and I loved the the uh, series despite its downfalls through most of the series, all the way up until the end. And it was one of those series that the very last episode ruined the entire series for me. So that was sorry. <laughs> there's no ending to that. There, there's oh, wow. no. And he agreed with me. No, and said, no. Keith made me watch just, that, it, and it, I was so no, angry. It dawned on me the other night because I'm still even when. Even when Keith is like a champion for Lost, I'm still I still fall down on the well. You know, I enjoyed this, I enjoyed this, I enjoyed this. But it wasn't until the other night that I realized that the ending of the Lost series ruined the entire series for me. And that's where you fall down on it. I think. Uh, no, yeah. We, we funny story. Uh, James and I were working tonight and discussed Lost at work, and because he'd made the comment about heroes and season one being, you know, that, and, and I said, yeah, it's kind of like Lost. Here's another example of television letting me down. And he goes, what is? Oh yeah. He just he looked over. What is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was not you are so in the minority. Apparently, yeah. No, he's not. Because if you get online, you'll find a lot of people that really liked that last episode. Ugh. And a lot of people that really liked the show. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we're we're not going to the Big Island. We're not going to Oahu. We're not going to Kauai. We're going to Maui, which is um, the middle one. <laughs> If you're counting, it's the second one in. He was doing this. <laughs> the middle. The middle one. It's shaped like a woman. <laughs> it is. If you look at if you look at Maui, the island has the, the the coastal outline looks like a woman. I kid you not. Pull it up. Anyway, I've been drinking. Is he serious? I, I, I think he's serious. It's serious. All right. Google it. I'll believe anything now. <laughs> oh well, in that case, we should get to the end of the show because I'm <laughs> becoming incoherent. <laughs> I have a set deal. I'm going to put it in your ear and make what you do you my bidding. Huh? 
what, what do you mean becoming is what you said <laughs> thanks <Keith>. just kidding <laughs> anyway so while i am there you guys will be doing a uh, 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 bit bad wolf and parting of the ways which is our ninth doctor uh story for friday Night who this See, week aren't you glad that we switched you get to join us actually for scream of the show no, he still won't be back. Oh, you won't be back. No, I won't then? be back. Oh. We're going to be recording late the week after. Sorry, Sean. So I'll miss out on that, too. And one of you is going to buy Scream of the Shocker, right? You've got that figured out. I'll buy out. it. You're yeah. going to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the I guess I have to come here to watch it, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> the following week, we'll be doing well, Scream of the Shocker. We can check so. with Mel. Huh? Uh, that's true. She might, she might want to watch it. I'm sure she'd like to watch it. Um I know Drew would. <laughs> no, 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 we're doing it at Sean's house. I'll put, I'll put you guys in contact with him and figure that out. He doesn't um, to show up. Yeah, that, I, was just saying, I don't need to talk to him. He knows where, where and what time. The, uh, let him know it's actually going to happen. The <laughs> show next week will be you guys discussing your book reviews. Uh, I might... Uh, I won't Skype in, but I might send you an audio file with a book review if I... Because I'll have... What are you doing? A 10-hour flight, so... What book do you read? Uh, Endgame by Taron Sticks. Oh. Depends on how my homework Who's goes. That? Which doctor? Ace Doctor. Oh, terrific. Yeah. All right. So I'm, 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 I might squeeze one in for Endgame you. was almost one of the ones I picked. Really? Yep. Oh. And I went with the more accessible ones so that <laughs> other people <laughs> could actually read it. Great. Thanks. I've only kind of sort of started it so far. But you did pick more far, of the more obscure one. I picked up the one I He had picked the one he had. Yeah. But uh, so there's that, and then the, the following week uh, we will be recording late that week um, because they'll be kind enough to wait till I get back. And I'm hoping that it won't be too late. I'd like to record Monday, but we get in Monday, so I don't know how we're going to re- record Tuesday. Tuesday. I don't know how jet lagged, exhausted I'll be. But he see every time he goes on vacation, he says, "Yeah, we can record the day I get back." No, never happens. What are we, review- what are we reviewing today? I've never gone on vacation and made you late, have I? Yeah. Got what are we reviewing that other week? instances? The week that I get back. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's on the schedule yet. <laughs> I don't, I'm probably ought to sure do that. Is. I don't think it is. I, I don't think know. it is because oh, really? we, we were kind of waiting for the ninth doctor schedule to oh, that's right, pan that's out, right. and I don't think we've got anything. Well, up at yet. the very least, we can do what? <laughs> I the, really don't know. The revisited will air the will end of September. The, yeah, but, no, but that'll be really been close. Been I don't think we'll, been I don't think we'll have that. We do that no, because yeah. so. Um, we really don't have anything on the schedule. The, well, the IDW comic should be out by then, too. Yeah, that will so, definitely be out. Well, well, we'll figure it out. We'll put something together. Well, and I think next week the... Uh, no, I think this week the uh, audio, audio is already out. out yeah. I've seen yeah. a couple of reviews yeah. for it. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll so have... So we'll do the audio and the comic, most likely. We'll have something. Yeah, that's kind of funny that we don't have any idea what's on the schedule. I have no idea what's on the schedule. All right, well, so. all right, that's going to do it for this week. <laughs> Until next week when we have a schedule, I'm Glenn. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm oh, we won't have a schedule next week because you'll be gone. Uh, I, I, I can do <laughs> post that. Post it, oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah post, post it so we can at least us. announce what it is. You, we're gonna, you realize I'm the editor. He's the keeper of the feedback. You're really kind of the heart and soul of this. <laughs> Operation. You're really the organizer. So the, the, what you're saying is that next week is going to be totally devoid of any entertainment value. We're gonna, yeah, that, 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 and the fact that we're gonna come and we're gonna do book reviews, and then we're gonna go. Do you know what's going on next week? No. Do you know what's going on? Next week? Sean, <laughs> Sean will be back. Hosting oh, good. Sean sent some audio feedback. Hi guys, it's me. Here's, what, here's what you're doing next week. If you want to know what's going on, divert to the. 
That's, I'll just send you an audio. I'll send you a massive audio file, and it'll have witty one-liners, asides, and things that don't make any sense that you can just queue up at a moment's notice and throw into the show. Like and I'm what's on actually sitting here, and I'll do. A, 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 so it'll be like you were never gone. It, yeah, and then I'll do the. Here's the schedule for next week, and okay. I'll, I'll just record all that. <laughs> Please excuse the fact that are we recorded Are you saying the, you're the funniest sides of this? Are you saying that Keith and I are not funny? No, but I think... You're, are you saying that we can't carry a, a show humor, well, it hasn't been, humorously? It hasn't been proven yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought Keith's open last week. was pretty <laughs> dang funny. And I'm, I'm excited for his I, song I, next week, his feedback oh, song next God, week. i got to figure something out. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on the fact that I wrote his over. I'm going to be Sean editing did, this Sean, thing. But, but, well, I made what I, I... You I, delivered it phenomenally. And I added to it to make the... You totally the added to it because we yes. did not yeah. expect the oops. The oops was, right. was priceless. But I, I did write his open. Cheers. <laughs> the oops was not planned. I'm just saying that... I'm trying to close this show. We said our names. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Good to see you Here we go. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.